0: Think of your fellow man. Lend out a helping hand. Put a little love in your heart. Mm. You see it's getting late. Oh, please don't hesitate. Put a little love in your heart. Because the world will be a better place for you and me. Because we're talking about
1: fucking Scrooge this week.
2: I'm nothing good Once again, a, a fantastic intro, Ooh. Mr. Brown. You kill it every single every single week, Oof. Uh, How you doing? How's everybody doing feeling today? I wish
3: I wish I knew that Noah was going to do that. We could have all sang in unison. Oh my god! So we can yeah. start and finish the same way. <laughs> <laughs> my my nipples are so hard right now. I could cut
1: glass. That's how I feel oh, right now. Man. After that I rendition, usually, I usually start and finish the same
0: way, which is t- crying. Crying, um, <laughs> how it begins
2: and how
3: it ends, <laughs> <And> the regret. <laughs> for at, least, at least you're consistent.
2: <laughs> yes, um, so we are fast approaching the Christmas, uh, the holidays, whatever you, everybody that happens to celebrate. Uh, are your shopping lists complete? Do you have everything you have needed purchased for the kids and the family and the wives and the family members? Mostly. No, there's some, there's really
3: some nice. nodding and some shaking of heads here. Yes. I'm that, uh, kids. Yes. Spouses work in progress. Mm. I,
0: I echo that answer.
1: Mine is a, uh, glory hole filled. Fuck. No, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds messy. There, there are, there are things that have been purchased. Um, I decided this year to go the super sentimental route, uh, for mm-hmm. holiday gifts and um, things have not quite worked out as planned. Uh, the timing of certain things is not working out as planned and these ideas um, are not going to possibly come to fruition by the time Santa Claus comes mm. down that chimney here on the, uh, the, the night of December 24th. So um, we've got backup plans and we're just seeing we're in the stage right now where do we have to, you know, break open glass and go with the backup plan, or can we still go with the <laughs> plan here? So, um, it is a it has been a shit show of Christmas cheer at this point. My Christmas mm. cheer, gentlemen, has come from the reviewing of Scrooge,
4: oh, uh, which man, I would
1: away. which I would definitely have to say is uh, definitely been helping with the Christmas cheer, having an opportunity oh, to talk about these uh, these movies with everybody. Excellent.
2: Well, glad to hear that uh, our work is helping you feel a little better. Uh, Speaking actually of uh, the show, helping people feel better. uh, I've been getting some feedback recently, actually just uh yesterday uh, one of our listeners works overnight and he's been telling me that listening to our shows and getting him through the late the late night shift and uh nice it's really nice to know that, you know, we don't suck that bad <laughs> that we're actually entertaining people enough to come back for another episode or two.
3: Well, that's think You guys feeling, appreciate right?
2: that. Yeah.
0: That's awesome yeah, for sure. Allow me to tell this midnight listener, which I think that should be their new nickname, the midnight listener, uh, that you have my full, not only permission, but expectation and nay instruction to when the night's long and the wind is cold and there's not a movement in your work, that you have my permission to go to the bathroom and squeeze one out both front and back at the same time uh, to make the night a little bit softer little bit more palatable
1: i was i was hoping that was the movement you were going towards <laughs> yeah, i really was <laughs> both both directions you know you know is that
0: get yourself now uh, i don't know what they call this we should come up with a term i'm right now gonna go ahead and spitball and call it a peruvian surprise that right when you when you uh quench your cheeks and hold it in on the back end then stroke yourself up until you're right there And just as you're about to sneeze so that everything comes out of you in every possible way. (sighs) Fuck.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just spitballing (laughs) that. He He clearly hasn't thought about this at all before. Just spitballing. Yeah. Off the cuff. I was,
1: I was, I, I was thinking as you were saying that Noah about, you know, when you're standing at the urinal and you're peeing and a sneeze is coming. And you're trying to think to yourself, do I have what it takes <laughs> to keep this contained <laughs> while the sneeze is coming at the same time? And then you fucking took it in a whole other level. You amped yes. that shit up to 11.
0: Harry Funk once asked Dusty Rose, what would happen if you sneezed, came, and fart at the same time? And Dusty Rhodes didn't have an answer. Uh, but we have an answer. And the answer is nothing good. I'm good I, at all i, I oh almost
1: i almost thought the answer was Rook flair
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but that, depends on the year <laughs> <it depends laughs> how you are. that
0: is
1: the definition of styling and profiling right it now. absolutely is man so you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned peru noah i did and uh i don't i don't know if we've had any feedback i haven't had an opportunity to check the social media channels has anybody checked on peru lately
0: from based off of the geopolitical nature of the world right now, I think Venezuela's queuing up to check on Peru pretty hard. So um, we'll have to check in with Venezuela, see if Peru's even home when I get
1: there. (laughs) Now, now, one of one of the first times you gentlemen were were kind enough to have me uh, join you on this adventure. Mm -hmm. I'd mentioned Puerto Rico. Yes and uh i I wanted to let you gentlemen know that uh i recently had a conversation with puerto rico okay uh, just the other just the other day and uh and and puerto rico had mentioned to me that they're gearing up for nothing good oh man i I like it i don't know if this is going to be the push that puerto rico needs to consider statehood and join this union of ours but I'm also not going to sit there and say that it isn't going to be the push they need <laughs> to consider statehood. So if we're it just going to have to s- we're going to have to see what happens here. If it happens, there's no
0: way anyone can say that that you aren't the in this show aren't the instigator for Puerto Rico finally joining uh, the union. right yeah. yeah. Think, Nothing
1: uh, good. Union. There it is. Together, perfect. It's perfect.
0: It's together yeah uh speaking of callbacks to past episodes and listens and stuff like them i i today is a special occasion gents because this is our 25th episode yes of nothing good yes wow. 25 we've reached uh 25 uh, of the way to 100 uh you know say what you want to say uh your parents don't ever consider uh you know, really, uh, truly living with each other until the end of their lives until they hit twenty-five <laughs> years. Because if you had murdered each other on your wedding night, you would have been out by now, right? <laughs> right. 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 right? But here, here we are, episode twenty-five, and so that put me realizing that today in a bit of a uh, of an introspective mood. So, but what is interesting is that in an earlier episode, I dropped a bomb on uh, on Jones and told him that I do like to do some uh, sudden math. You know, sometimes some unnecessary, strange math. And I dropped the hint on him then that I had done the math on the amount of the human population that hadn't listened to the show yet. Uh, And I said in that episode that we had not been listened to by 99.999998% of the human population. And we speculated that with enough hard work and enough diligence and cum jokes... We could get that <laughs> 99998 down to a 99997. Well, I'm here today to tell you folks, in honor of our 25th episode, we've blown past that mark because we've oh, now shit. been listened to, Whoa. or not been listened to, by 99.999991%. Wow. Oh, oh,
3: that's a big, jump. that's a, a big jump.
0: <laughs> we blew past seven and went down to to a one. That. And based off of my math, sometime in early twenty twenty two, that fifth nine will become an eight as well. So we're chipping away. Oh
3: my. That's, that's big oh. shit right there. You I know, know how to
0: I
1: handle that. I really <laughs> I really thought the math was gonna go to like nine 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 six. <laughs> when you went straight to one. Straight down to one. I I mean I, I'm I'm about ready to burst. <laughs> from that news so there we
0: go so we're, mm. we are ever chipping away at the amount of humans who have not listened to the show and it's uh, amazing that's amazing I'm grateful in this moment to everybody uh both all of you guys uh for hosting and talking and being wonderful and all of our dear listeners and anyone who's ever bothered to tell anybody else uh grateful to you peru great for you australia um you know i'm just going to go out and say germany you know what she did but thank you as well Don't and um if everybody else every other to that 99.999991670886076% of the human population who hasn't listened to this show yet i say fuck you <laughs> <laughs> just
3: to get that out
1: of the way <laughs> yeah, yeah it's going to it's gonna be yeah. It'll be great when they tune into the uh, the Nothing Good archives and uh, come across that, <laughs> and just be like, "Wow, this is so great! I, I'm I'm so happy!" I just fuck you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, I was I was all in for Scrooge, but now, <laughs> well, now I'm you know, going to go cry into an empanada.
0: If you're here now listening to this episode, then that wasn't for you. But I'll probably tell you that anyway later. <laughs>
1: And just think, Noah, <laughs> if you counted the two or three people who had this podcast on in a car, and had their significant other in the passenger <laughs> seat,
3: that's a probably one, sp- one special. Yeah,
0: absolutely. excuse the absolutely. numbers a little
3: bit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that's right. I don't, I cannot verify the circumstance in which people listen to this show. one of they could be playing this at Guantanamo Bay, right? And so this might oh, be a whole bunch of people listening to just one stream, you know i don't know i don't know and, and the, the statistics for countries you know based on the statistics that we've mentioned before uh is that there's countries like uh, uh on our listeners that just got journey uh who knows in 25 years they may actually get to the first couple of episodes and we could start all of this again so to the people in the future who are discovering this after we're all dead <laughs> fuck you.
1: Could, could, could you imagine? Could you imagine finding out, like, fifteen years or twenty years down the road, from somebody that was working in the military that they go, "Oh wait, you're Noah Brown." Like, what do you mean? It's like, fuck, dude. We actually used to play you at Guantanamo Bay torch <laughs> over the PA system <laughs> to <laughs> keep the inmates from sleeping. Uh, oh my God. After,
0: well,
4: I, after if listening to
1: been the, married, I would say that that would surprise me. Like but after listening, man, after I'm listening to, to the Guantanamo podcast, like they never wanted to come again. It was just too much come for them. And they're like, no more, no more and they all volunteer for chemical castration. Could you imagine that dinner that you're having when that conversation comes up and how that would make you feel?
2: I don't think I've ever heard of chemical castration ever in my life.
3: (laughs) I didn't not in casual conversation at least.
2: Um, what is chemical castration? If I may ask. Um, if, if I understand it
1: correctly, please you know, understand I, I mean, there's only so much research one really wants to do. <laughs> listen,
2: listen I, you don't just drop chemical castration and not expect someone to ask you about yeah, it. You gotta,
1: you gotta be prepared for what you dish out. I, I,
2: I,
0: I,
1: you. I, I'm starting, I'm starting to feel right now, like, uh, more, I thought more people knew about chemical castration. <laughs> now
0: I'm
1: that maybe, that maybe wasn't part of the conversation here.
0: The way you're uh, talking about it, Mac, it's almost like it's a band. You know, yeah. Like, oh my God, oh, you know the new chemical castration
1: CD. So <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're <laughs> chemical oh, you yeah. heard? Yeah, they're oh, they're, opening, they're opening for my chemical romance on their <laughs> paro- <I shouldn't laughs>
0: <bet>
4: They
1: are <laughs> my chemical oh. romance and succulent Peru paro- of the undercard.
2: <laughs> good God! Well, listen. For if there's any castration. audience members out there who has any idea what chemical castration is, please, Keep well, whether out. it's on Twitter or YouTube or, <laughs> or 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 a Twitter comment or Facebook, whatever, let us know what chemical castration is in great detail, because we're all curious. In great detail. That'd be great if that's the uh, social media <laughs> post that
1: gets the heat that gets our uh, our social media really going. <laughs> <Yeah. lower. laughs> yeah. That's what gets us from
3: a nine to an eight. The nine to an eight. Oh, chemical that's right. castration yeah. With photos. Hey, I think it's like, uh, chemical uh,
1: castration, I think is, is uh, I, I want to say it's like, it's a combination of of things that you take that basically would prevent you from being able to like have kids anymore so not you.
2: man my brain was in a whole Joby's other direction
1: right, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no they're not dropping vats of acid on your crotch I think that
3: those, that yeah i thought it had something to do with the same way the joker became the joker yeah, yeah. it's the vat of acid
0: you know what that first of all uh f- tune in next week as we had nothing good. Talk about the Geneva conventions. Right? <laughs> but also no one ever really talks about what Joker's got going on down there. I mean, and I'm not going to talk about the, the Heath Ledger stuff because I'm nothing sure it's, good. it's just a mess down there. Nothing good. Nice. Right. But, but, uh, but look, what a Jack Nicholson, if his face is stuck in that position from dropping into that vat, then what position is his cock stuck at?
1: Well, i always imagined that it was like two fuzzy nerf balls with like a nerf dart like i feel like that's kind of like the way that it went <laughs> after he got out of the acid it just it was it was just transformative <laughs> yeah pretty much oh, yeah. With, yeah with this with the suction cup at the end so he could do fun things fun tricks with it at parties
0: a little flag where the word bang comes out of the end of it yeah <laughs> oh uh, wow I went Speedy. a different direction yes yeah, spe- yeah well that's a good way to spread a christmas cheer chemical castration yeah. joker's horribly mutilated penis and um
1: and, <laughs> the geneva know, convention the geneva convention yeah
0: we, we should like do something awful like the nuremberg trials <laughs> one just just to keep <laughs> people crafted. because right now I, as it is children of men is the most serious thing we've ever talked about right yeah No.
2: So, I'd say Lincoln park was the, was the most serious subject really. But, uh, as far as movies go, my, uh, children, of Men for sure. Yeah. It's between those two. Between those I, I can segue between the Joker's penis and this movie. Go for it. More Let specifically, me say Joker's mutilated penis. <laughs> I can, so, uh, I didn't know this until I was doing research and I feel like you guys being bigger fans of this movie than I probably already knew this, but, uh, bill murray had uh gone off for the part for the joker in Bat batman movie that jack nicholson ended up taking uh which
3: i could not imagine bill murray ever being the joker under no. any circumstances no. ever yeah I, uh, I i love me some bill murray but i can't see him in a role like that no no
0: oh. not not at that point in his career no. right mm-hmm but he did take a, uh, he had taken a hiatus after Ghostbusters before yeah. agreeing to do this, this movie. This is his first starring yeah. role.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Since, uh, and yeah, he got did, him off of a four-year break.
0: A four-year break of drinking beer, listening to blues music, and playing golf. Which I hear he spent France. a lot of
3: time in France.
0: I don't doubt it. It was Bill Murray in the mid, mid to late 80s. He could do whatever he wants, you know, yeah. at that point. Agreed. So I'm talking about, about
4: scrooge before we get Struge,
0: <laughs> yes, what is everyone drinking Struge. i'll I'll kick it off i uh as i was telling mac before we started recording today i was going to yet again drink some of the labat blue that i bought in bulk for a thanksgiving that no one drank but i found a pumpkin ale uh in the back pumpkin. of my beer fridge so i'm enjoying that go.
2: jeff what are you uh, i'm yep oh, go ahead oh, Hi, no, Aga.
3: Yeah. i am drinking a heady topper from the alchemist which is a brewery in vermont for the for the uninitiated Hetty topper is considered one of the holy grail beers in the ipa scene uh you can't buy it anywhere except for from the alchemist you have to either have to know somebody <laughs> that's up there or when they do a can drop, a or, Sorry. or know somebody who is picking up a pallet of beer from the alchemist. And I know a guy, so I got some. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that, that is a very tabletop RPG thing. You can only, you can't buy it anyway. You can't just buy the this alchemist.
2: beer. You have to get it from the alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> He's near the cave where the dragon lives. He's, He's in the northern yeah. hills. He's wearing among.
3: a cloak. He's in the back corner. Oh man, that's pretty cool.
2: Uh, I'm just drinking drinking? my usual New York whiskey, um, currently, uh, yeah.
3: Very nice. A little whiskey. Exciting. Did you get it from the alchemist? (laughs) I got it from Mr. Brown. Sage.
1: Mac, fill us in. Uh, I'm going, um, continuing my journey through the, uh, Breckenridge Brewery collection, and I'm drinking a Hop Peak IPA today. And uh, you know, uh, Jeff, you know my affinity for IPAs. So you hate uh, IPAs. Yeah, you can definitely tell. I'm going <laughs> through the collection here. Force forcing a town is <laughs> to make sure that I got it going here. It's like, well, I can't go through like four of them and not have the fifth one. Right. So, uh, so yeah, that's where uh, that's where I am here today. So that was the next one up in the uh, in the old. Uh, I don't even know what you call it jones uh is knows about it it's um as we live together i just have this thing that you have in the fridge it's just kind of like a can koozie kind of a thing and you can just kind of put like 12 cans of whatever in there and it just kind of stacks it up in levels so
3: i got like a dispenser so whatever's next is what you get
1: this is where yeah. we are this is what's next so i thought, uh, thought let's place. go ahead and uh you know it's a little bit a uh, little bit hoppy a little bit seasonal i feel a little bit here so as we get into the warm tidings and good cheer of the season, and talking about this fine film, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, and do it. I but uh, that. but even before we go ahead and say that, as a general principle, to IPAs, if I may again oh. steal a world uh, steal a little bit from Noah Brown. Fuck you.
0: Oh
1: (laughs) wow. (laughs) That's harsh. (laughs) IPA is IPAs are the Spencer of of the beer world. They wake up early in the morning, they go antiquing, they have weird facial hair patterns. They drive an eco-friendly car, you know. They're just they drive a Prius? Uh I don't necessarily probably even something more eco-friendly, probably like a Nissan leaf. (laughs) like they're fucking in that category (laughs) right it's like one i mean it it could be like on like biodiesel like it's running on fucking like uh canola oil used to fry egg rolls from down at wuhan palace right like god that would smell so good driving down a street i mean (laughs) if you're if you're you're stuck behind anybody in a tunnel that's the car you want to be stuck behind Mm -hmm. but um but yeah that's my feeling on on ipas they're just very unnecessary they're very extra they probably have a man bun so Mm. you know Jeff, if I'm hitting, if I'm hitting too close to home, man, I'm sorry. Fuck you guys, I'm leaving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like so I got, I got Vandegrift back on here. <laughs> uh, we'll try not to gang up on you the way we ganged up on Jones and last week's Christmas story episode. But you I know, think we're
1: what? I don't no, know. If that's no, how we, I would classify that. But you see, what? that's my, <laughs> that's my thing, though. Like I, I've talked to a few people that listened to the episode, and and um, some people said, man, you guys were really kind of like tag team and jones and maybe not in a way that he would like <laughs> i was thinking to myself well I, I actually thought we were for for being not huge fans of that movie i thought we were actually pretty you know respectful of the process and oh, yeah. we were able to talk about some things about the movie that were still iconic without you know completely making it into a shit burger
3: yeah so except yeah. for the part where noah wanted to stab all of the kids <laughs> yeah i said was, i said what I, went I went to it. a weird place <laughs> <laughs> i said what i said I, it's funny when you say that oh
0: noah said he wanted to stab somebody in our children and i said i now i'm gonna say i felt like we could have healed on that <laughs> damn movie a lot worse than we did like a whole bunch of stuff um i had some some dark uh hentai references to make about some of the characters in that movie <laughs> that I chose not to do because I I read the vibe and I'm like oh no can't can't talk about burying this movie's upper half in the ground leaving only its lower half exposed and then inviting the neighborhood over to all take a poke at it that's I can't go there but today's a new day
3: that it is and this is a new is. movie
0: because we're on week 2 of our holiday special we're doing scrooged starring bill murray Karen Allen and Bobcat Goldweight, which is the first and maybe even only Bobcat Goldweight <laughs> role that we'll ever discuss on I hope here.
1: There, there's a there's a part of me that maybe one day if we decide to do like a an eighties block where maybe we kind of dip our dip our feet into one crazy summer. Yeah, you know, which is which is maybe one I think it's probably the only like Bobcat Goldweight featuring movie. As like a as a main supporting character in that movie, that I I am not completely like, oh, he's being very Bobcat Goldthwait in this in this role, as I felt like he was in Scrooge. Uh, but yeah, you know, maybe if we get into like little one crazy summer action there. I'm uh, not opposed to that.
0: I would like to do. He's not in anyone but the first one, but I would like to do one of the later police academy movies no oh, man <laughs> you're gonna slip <laughs> <Police laughs> four or five right or something <laughs> just like uh, just something weird no frame of reference we're not allowed to watch any of the other ones to catch up <laughs> let's just jump into that shit. i don't remember which one it is but i know they go to russia in one of them and mm-hmm.
1: there's a whole big thing on like river boats or like bayou boats for first that some was reason. that was uh i want to say that was like police academy four when they're in miami There you go. I I, I might be wrong on the number, but they are definitely in Miami. And they were no longer in the academy. They were police officers. Yeah, and they had the whole bayou chase in that movie. Let's do something. Let's do one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Off sequels. A whole series of off sequels. (laughs) But a movie that uh, will never get a sequel is today's movie. Um, Yet another version (laughs) of Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol but uh but in in my opinion now let me just call this out this is my favorite christmas movie but this is not what i think is the best christmas movie and i don't think as i alluded to last week that this is the best version of a christmas carol i think that belongs to the muppets personally
3: (coughs) yeah and there's there's been dozens of iterations of a christmas christmas carol you know the original book came out in
4: 1840
3: something Mm -hmm. uh classic story of Ebenezer Scrooge and how he changes his life from misery to happiness uh, via a bunch of ghosts and him seeing what his life has become. Uh, There have been a lot of sort of happy versions of Christmas Carol made over the years. Mm -hmm. And when the writer sat down to write it, two guys from SNL, uh, they want to write a dark comedy version of A Christmas Carol and hence we get Scrooged.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So my first immediate thing to say about this is, is <coughs> after watching it for what has to be the 100th time in my life or something seeing this movie. Um, Bill Murray in this, in this film, Frank Cross for the first half of the movie is essentially Mr. McMahon <laughs> and that that realization occurred to me he's the high-powered dick swinging uber heel who squashes everybody underneath him just because he can't uh it just so happens that uh that you know he has a baby face turn in a way that vince can never believably do but as soon as he's arguing with everyone and fires bobcat my first thought was i paused and i was like holy shit he's vince mcmahon that's who he is he's he's the mr mcmahon character he's the leader of the corporation he's a giant
2: asshole Oh yeah, it's like, so so genuinely unlikable uh it was off putting.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not knowing that you're closest uh person in your life that their husband died years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Don't you remember uh, that I wore black for an entire year? <laughs> I
2: can't, yeah, that's why it's you just a fashion that? thing, right? Oh <laughs> um, uh, I think I now uh, like this movie is uh one of those, those Yet again, another movie that as growing up, I watched a lot and then just stopped because hmm, just wasn't my cup of tea, just not something I went out of my way to watch all the time. Uh, But watching it now for the first time, and I assume it's been at least six, seven years easily since I watched it last um, and watching it strictly for the purposes of talking about it on some level outside of, oh, yeah, it's this and it's that. I can tell you uh i took way less notes than i've ever taken for any subject because mm-hmm. i was so kind of annoyed by the main character for way longer than i should have been like it was irritating me how unlikable he was the entire time and i have opinions on the end of this movie on his motivations but we're gonna get to that um the movie's fun uh it still was fun as the first time i saw it but i i question like the, the stories is all over the place like motive like Everything happens way too fast. Like, I don't know if, if you if you felt, if you if you guys caught just like going from I'm an awful person to, hey, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Just seems so quick. Yes. Seems in one day, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah the, the the a lot of the motivations as as you kind of go through the movie and, and see certain things um, are very quick you know, in terms of, of how he was as a, you know, as an office assistant to then meeting, you know, um, his, you know, once in future girlfriend, and then how quickly like he changes his character once he's in that relationship. And even to the point in the movie later on, when they have that split, which is supposed to be the inciting incident that causes him to become a total Dick mm-hmm, that moves yeah. him into his character. Um, again, it just seems very, um, paper thin you very, know, in, yeah. in, in that, but I, in that regard too, I, I think they rely on your knowledge of the source material to kind of get you there. You know, when you're watching a movie called Scrooged, you, you know, you know what you're getting, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you know how the story is going to go. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people that have ever made a movie of, you know, a Christmas Carol have ever really deviated from that main thread. You know, you don't really see a lot of different endings to it or or different uh, plays on how the story goes. But, you know, I think, uh, but I agree with you. You know, th- it was interesting for me watching this because I, I first saw this as a kid. Yeah. And um, I saw this after Ghostbusters. And, you know, you guys know, uh, and for our, our listeners uh, and, and especially for our, our midnight listener, who, you know, if you're
2: sitting, you know, where you
1: are, if you are, <laughs> if you are sitting on your throne right now,
0: I got, I hope you have at least two ply. It's going to be messy. Yeah. You need some
1: absorption. You but got keep going.
2: I, hope, I know where, I know where they work and they probably doesn't, so, oh.
1: you know, re- real quick to that, to just side side point, and I'll <laughs> propose this question for the listeners too. What is a worst feeling when you go to sit down on a public toilet that it's really, really cold, or that it's really warm. Ooh. Knowing that there was an ass recently on that fresh, seat with A you. fresh
3: one. Yeah. A fresh I'm going to go with warm. Ass. That's a bad feeling. Yeah, warm is That's like, uh, I should have waited another 10 minutes. I
0: mean, let's when be I, honest with you. No one, no one goes to <laughs> sit down in a public toilet unless there is a certain need for it. Yeah, you, don't, you you can't hit the snooze button yeah, on you that. You can't alarm just ride anymore. it out. Yeah. So you're well, there and then you're dealt with the circumstances. But I would also say it's got to unanimously be warm. Uh, and if it's warm, there's a real good chance that you saw the person
1: coming out of there as you were going in. <laughs> yeah, he passed right. in the hall. Yeah. Well, and, and as you mentioned it, too, with it being warm because you have to go, because it's an emergency, right? Time's ticking down. Mm-hmm. You don't initially think to yourself that this was a warm toilet seat when you came down because you're really focused on the task at hand. But as you're kind of sitting there after that initial push, you then think to yourself, oh, this was a warm toilet seat. Oh, mm-hmm. does that? did that guy that would just pass me through the door, was that in <laughs> this? What do right. I now have on my ass? Mm. Um, and do I need to burn my clothes? <laughs> um, those are all, I think those are all logical questions. You question every decision you made in your life for at least 10 seconds. And then you just, it just kind of goes away. Like, um, Oh
0: shit. Clarity.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the 10 seconds really after funny. the initial, the 10 seconds after the initial push is the second most clairvoyant a man is in his life. Mm. Everything mm. just makes sense. Oh, we all know uh, what number one is. We do. Yep. Yeah, we yep. do. We do. Yep. Um, but going back to the movie here, right. <laughs> I, came yeah. in, I, I I come into this movie from my childhood because I'm such a huge Ghostbusters fan. And, yeah. you know, that's one of those movies that I, I grew up on. And and that movie is such a huge uh, cornerstone of, of my personality and of, of my life and a lot of friendships that I have with uh, with people. And you think of Bill Murray as Dr. Pete Venkman. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. especially when you're younger and then you know this movie was what 1989 88 88 right so you're you're a couple years past ghostbusters at that point and then you see oh i this is this is the guy from ghostbusters and then he is such an asshole oh man oh yeah um and 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 you know also coming into christmas carol knowing the knowing the story have seen other versions of the movie this is a very fucked up vision of that movie it is so as, as a child watching this, it was very, this is, this is one of the more fucked up things I've ever probably watched in my life. So, you know, you kind of get away from that and then you come back to it an adult and you can really appreciate a lot of the other things that they are trying to do in the movie. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was interesting. Like you said, Jones, coming back to this after so long and uh, you know, being able to kind of experience it as a full movie. Cause you know, it's on TV yeah. a lot. It's it's on TV right now. You could probably catch yeah. this on AMC. Yeah.
3: You watch bits and pieces in between other things.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. to to give it the full you know hour and and fifty minute watch through was uh, was was really interesting this time around.
3: Agreed. Yeah. yeah, and for me, so I didn't really like this movie as a kid, uh, so I didn't watch it through my teenage and my young adult years. Uh, so th- I think this was the first time I watched it, and probably. 15 or 20 years. That's awesome. And uh, I had to watch it twice uh, because the first time I was like, I wasn't really fully processing like what I watched because I like, yes, it's a cult favorite. It's on a number of, you know, top 10 Christmas movie lists, but it's also one of those movies where it's very divisive in terms of people like it or people don't like it. There's really Mm -hmm. no in between. So, Going back to it with sort of an open mind, I was like, "God, I love Bill Murray, but he's such an asshole." Like, I don't, I don't don't want to root for him at all in this movie. Like, fuck his redemption. Like, like I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: I so I have that note in here too. Now, here's the, the interesting thing to me compared to other Christmas Carol versions. So many of the other Christmas Carol versions, including the original book once scrooge is visited by the ghost of christmas past he's immediately remorseful uh and then gets mm. dragged almost like you feel bad for him already into the present yeah. and then by the time you get to the future you're like okay this guy truly has been through some shit today yeah he's beaten down he's beaten down but in this and i think it's part of the reason why i made the mcmahon uh thing and every possible turn until ghost of christmas future he still acts like a fucking heel yeah. a total yeah. dickhead in the, in, out of defiance. Yeah, so, he's like, yeah. it's not me, it's you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Every yeah, time. yeah, He
0: catches himself being a decent person for a few seconds, and then he immediately turns into a shitbag. And I think that's but another positive to this movie in a different way is that more than any other movie in the Christmas Carol lexicon, you follow Scrooge, you feel bad for Cratchit, And Tiny Tim and everyone else you could really fucking care about. There isn't anybody else. Yeah. But this movie makes you feel bad for all the people more the people that he interacts with grace and karen allen in this and bobcat and his brother and and everybody his poor mother right in that instance so everybody that you see it actually makes you feel uh worse for them that they've had to deal with him so i think that's where one of the redemption isn't really to see bill murray get his at the end of the movie and to be happy you're just like oh he's he's not going to hurt Bobcat anymore or (laughs)
3: Karen (laughs) Allen can finally (laughs) be abusive anymore. Another predator off the streets. Well, yeah,
1: keep, no, you go, go for it, Mac. Well, you know, and, and, and I, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but you know, it's definitely something I'll come back to, but it's that even the point when he finally realizes that he needs to change that redeeming moment, you know, as I kind of think about it now, as you guys are talking about it, it's a very narcissistic impulse that he has yes and 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 I, I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to circle back to that because I don't want to jump to that part of the of the movie too much but I, I think what's really interesting about about Scrooged is that Bill Murray does another movie a couple of years after he does Scrooged that has a very similar premise in which he has to He is a character that does not have a lot of redeeming qualities is very self-centered that has to go through an extraordinarily life-changing event to become a decent person. And we know that movie to be groundhog day. It's, it's a very similar tone that the movies have, but you care a lot more about Bill Murray's character in groundhog day Mm -hmm. than you do in Scrooged. And I think that that has something to do also with um the choices he made as playing that character uh in some of the research i did just off the top here um he didn't really want to do that movie no no nope. you no know, he he was very much in him and and you know dick donner is is really a um a a seminal director in pop culture yeah, especially um, 80s in- pop culture yeah yeah and, and for you to not get along with Dick Donner in making a movie, you know, you think Bill Murray, Richard Donner, we're, we got something here. Um, and I think you can feel that in the performance, that there is a part of Bill Murray that's not just performing um, his character as being a dick, that he was legitimately actually a dick oh, yeah. during the filming
3: process. Yeah, that, that was the vibe I got. I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. the movies that Donner had done going into this, you had Superman... You had Goonies and like he brought talent to that role of of director and the Lethal Weapon movies that came after. But like you could tell they were sort of at odds. And even though he was being a dick and yes, part of that was in the script. And Bill Murray is notorious in most of his roles for ad-libbing the majority of it. Uh, which is mm-hmm. frustrating to the director, to the crew, to the people you're <laughs> acting against because you can't uh, keep in line with what you're doing. Uh, I think it that caused additional friction on the set, and you know all these years later, I don't think anybody involved with the f- with the film was happy with the film.
0: <laughs> <It was interesting. laughs> I don't get that vibe at all <laughs> at all. I agree. <laughs> No, yeah, and it's interesting because, and, and it works. Here's the thing about the movie, and I think we can all agree on this, is that if there was no real babyface turn for Bill Murray, uh, and he just stays a dick through the whole thing, who gets some sort of karma come and eh, then it would work because he's a dick, everyone in the movie treats him like he's a dick, and they move along from it, right? And I think it's, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I loved Bill Murray, didn't understand that he was mean right too much. But I always want to know why the fuck Carol Kane beats the shit out of him so bad. And now <laughs> yeah. watching this movie, uh, she, you're like, I'll oh, get you some get you some. Girl. She's like, Alright, this is for everyone you've ever heard. And she just just takes takes him to task, shoves him down every flight of stairs in every wall, every door hits him in the crotch at every moment impossible. Uh, which by the way, she really hits him. in every scene that they did, she really takes a chunk out of him to the point where he was bleeding. But I mean, he probably deserved it before the movie ever started rolling that day.
1: So probably that, that was such a wonderful part of the movie. I felt mm-hmm. and I, I'm excited when we get to the point to kind of talk about that. I forgot that, um, John Glover was in this mm-hmm. movie, you know, um, and, and I know John Glover from gremlins too, and the character that he played in that, 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 that to me is, is, is the role I know him for the most. Yeah. And he is so much of like a of a dick in, in Gremlins too. And he plays a similar character in this, and you don't even I don't even feel anything about him being a dick in this because Bill Murray is so over the top yeah. being a dick in yeah. this
0: movie. Yeah. I think it proves that on on this that an LA slime ball is less of a dick than a New York slime ball, at least in the eighties, <laughs> when this yeah. happens. Um <laughs> Yeah, for for exactly one hundred percent, John Glover being in this movie is like the lesser of two evils yeah. compared to, to Bill Murray in here. Uh, I don't think we need to go scene by scene by scene through this movie. It's a Christmas Carol. We, we can make references, but we can do the segments, right? Um, the pre, the pre, uh, cr- you know, uh, I I don't know how would you go pre Marleying where Lou shows up in that era before Christmas Carol gets started. Um, there's two notes I just want to say real fast. One, the fact that uh, I love the, the score in this movie. It opens up with choir, and normally where you see a lot of minimal scoring in comedy movies or super over the top orchestral stuff, uh, this is so choir driven. It just stands out. You know, opens with and it's throughout the whole movie. Just someone with a with like 12 people going and one guy looking bored with jingle bells in the back that's the whole fucking soundtrack um
3: yeah the soundtrack the score was done by danny elfman yep yes even him after after the case was like yeah the the music that i made for that was dark i was expecting the movie to be even darker than it was he's like but it just it just felt like it didn't exactly fit like something went awry through the creative process like he had his vision and everybody else had theirs and things just didn't necessarily jive at the end of the day guys did you feel like so and, and i completely forgot
1: danny elfman did the score for mm-hmm. this but man when a danny elfman movie hits you fucking know say, oh yeah, oh, yeah say no, you can identify, you identify
2: it really quickly
1: immediately yeah. oh say whatever you want to say about whether you like danny elfman or not It is, he has an unbelievable tone to his score that you immediately recognize. And as you're saying, Jeff, about uh, that, that the score just didn't even really quite fit. If you fucking take that score out of that movie and just lay it right on top of Batman Returns, it fucking works perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I almost felt like it was, it felt to me almost like an extension of the score from Batman Returns, which then happened a couple years later, obviously. But it, yep. it, it really it really kind of laid over that, I thought. Yeah, th-
0: yeah. The, the three Danny Elfman Christmas movies are this, Scissorhands and Batman Returns. And all three of the soundtracks are remarkably similar. Of course, why fix it if it's not broken? Right. Right, in that instance. Uh, the other thing I want to get you guys on the feedback is this, to me, has to be one of the most unique opening sequences <laughs> in Christmas <My> history. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Lee Majors... This is one Santa who's not who's going out the front door, and it's like, oh my god!
3: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, the fake movie uh, promos at the beginning uh, were a big highlight for me because mm-hmm. uh, I, I forgot about that mm-hmm. until I rewatched it, and I was like, what is happening here? I'm like the creepy ass elves that are in the workshop, and then hey, Lee Major shows up slides. Hey, fun fact, he's using the, uh, his Gatling gun is, was the one Jesse Ventura used in Predator. No, oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, they, re, hey, they re, reused leave. the prop for it. Um, <laughs> and then we have Father Loves Beaver and Robert Goulet's Cajun Christmas. Goulet! Uh, Goulet! <laughs> with the gator chasing him. I'm like, yeah, this is I, so, I, I like, pushing. absurd and, like, out of left field so good i hope somewhere simon pond grants
1: and mike Viola are listening to this <laughs> podcast so i can just go gentlemen ghoulet hello Fruder. Fruder.
0: Fruder. Fruder. oh no i love
1: it that you'll
0: love it and then they all turn to bill murray and bill murray's like shoot me the scrooge
2: promo that's <laughs> <As in rain."
0: laughs> like, like, oh great oh, there there's the heel <laughs> and then he you does know, the mouth thing oh yeah
2: as they were describing the world in that little promo, I kept thinking, it's like 2021. <laughs> Highway violence. Yeah, like, it's, are they looking into the future? It's, it's kind of where we are. Like,
0: oh my god, this is happening outside my house right now. <laughs> um, the only other thing I want to say about that opening scene is this is where you first get the, the Richard Donner uh, casting decisions start to sprinkle in, because... Frank Cross's assistant, the only other person who supports not, not Grace, the the only other office worker who likes his promo. The blonde. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the blonde, she's the therapist in the Lethal Weapon movies. So we first mm-hmm. get our first Lethal Weapon. Uh now the only thing I would do if I could re edit this movie is keep it exactly the same. But when you see anybody from Lethal Weapon show up, you just have a sexy saxophone start playing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Oh, there it is. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah,
2: that's I it. wrote is- one real note uh, about this beginning part. Uh, and I will read it. <clears throat> I have and always will judge Bill Murray's hairline. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I just that's fair. But when I was a kid, it was unsettling looking. And still <laughs> is to me. It's a, as young as he was a
3: strange ass hairline. Just saying. Yeah. And then when you see inside his mouth and you see all of his back teeth, they're like black and jacked up. You're like, you have a lot of money. You got paid more money than the entire cast and crew (laughs) combined (laughs) on this movie alone. Like fix your fucking teeth.
1: Hey, you got to admire somebody who just, you know, wants to make sure the seventies never leave him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's true. What I always, when the first, I never noticed it before until I watched it this time is that if there is a lick of makeup on Bill Murray, in this movie uh i'm am, am extremely surprised because like they would never let a leading man in a movie have every scar every pop oh, yeah. mark every possible wrinkle like he just and he's supposed to be like younger than us in this right. role in this movie and he don't look like you it. know he does not look like it so it's just kind of a, I, I, I wish i could pay attention enough at the end of the movie to see if they put makeup on him to make like him look more you know more baby face than he than he was yeah. in the movie but he was just like when they show that first close-up it's just like there's there's just like everything is exposed there bill it's like damn <laughs> <laughs> somebody gets some a mascara on you or something i don't know cover it
2: up some rude so we we establish uh scrooge is a piece of shit we establish yep. that pretty quick right? right away um and we kind of move along uh what was uh bobcat's character's name louie was it louie no, Elliot Laudermilk. Elliot, Elliot, L- 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 Elliot Laudermilk. Latter- yep. That's a hell of a name. Isn't it? Uh, well, he's the only person who has like a lack of sense to actually say like what he thinks <laughs> to cross,
3: which I think is I, I immediately made me like him even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, you, not feel, you feel really for good. him as he's going through his downward spiral through the rest of the movie. Mm hmm.
0: For sure. And I it was when I realized upon uh, when he later in the movie, when he gets the blood taken out, I realized that there is not one character in this entire movie, minus the ghosts that are referred to by their original Christmas Carol name. Frank Cross is Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Elliot Loudermilk is Bob Cratchit. And there's a lot of other, you know, random characters that don't there is uh, grace has tiny I guess I guess grace is Bob Cratchit in this. So who's Elliot original character in it, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's like there's nobody that is that that character. So I guess it is really kind of a kind of a true keeping the bones of it. But then they just decided, fuck it. Let's just make him a dick. Um But speaking what? of dicks. That's when we get our 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 new version of uh Jacob Marley. Is um, Lou, his old yeah. boss, shows up one night. Um, and first of all, my f- second favorite line in the whole movie shows up in this scene where he's like, Do whatever you want to me, Frank, but leave, <laughs> just try not to hurt the Bacardi, which is a, <laughs> a nice, nice touch. But in this scene, um, Bill Murray drinks uh, a highball in the movie. And I, I sort of unpack about myself as that m- every year. I drink a highball when I watch this movie, and it just occurred to me that that's the reason why. Like you know,
4: <laughs> <That's cool.
0: laughs> Jack and Ginger, right, with a little bit of a fruit in there, and it's like, oh, there's the highball right there. So that's the other thing. Thank, you, we Bill get thank, thank you, Bill Murray, for for you know years of alcoholism past. But
2: I I, I remember I, being I, a kid. Uh, go ahead, Dave. No, go ahead, Herb. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just I remember being a kid and. uh, Lou Louie at Lou, his eyes freaked me out as a little kid, mm-hmm. man. And like, it, I did not like that scene when I was little for a while. until so I got a little older and didn't bother me as much, but it just, it takes the glasses off. And it's just like the mummified eyes and just sitting there the other night watching going, It doesn't scare me anymore. But it's still unsettling looking.
3: Just Yeah, yeah I think overall, they did an awesome, awesome job time. of the prosthetics and the makeup mm-hmm. in this film—they were nominated for an Oscar for it. Lost the juice, uh, but that's fair. Nothing wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. a fair loss. I'll take that. You take <laughs> yeah, that. But yeah. w- w- my favorite thing about this scene—and maybe it's my immaturity—was just the gag of his drink leaking oh. through his bullet holes. <laughs> Perfect. You—you. Mm. you, 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 <laughs> and you was hope like, they no, set man, it I don't remember him shooting him that many times. Also, I get it, it was a different time that you just keep a gun, a revolver at your desk in an yeah, office. Yeah, your booze. <laughs> yeah. And, and your
1: and your Emmys, don't forget yeah. about that. Yeah. Booze <laughs> and your Emmys and a, and a handgun. Fun, so. fun
0: realization about, about his desk that I never put together until till there, but right dead center in his desk, right? You see it when he goes to pull the gun out of the drawer. Uh, there's a nice little mirror finish right on top of part of his desk. Once again showing that cocaine gonna cocaine for high powered <laughs> people in 80.
1: I I really enjoyed how the gun was on top of the script for Scrooge. Yes uh, for for, mm. for the uh, for the Christmas Carol they were doing, which just made me think that he was more interested in his gun than the actual script yes. of the show he was producing on Christmas Eve for the world. Seems um nice. and I that, that I thought that was kind of interesting. I, uh, I agree with you. I, I was Jeff. I was really impressed with this scene um, just in terms of, of the makeup. prosthetics. I love the mice that were like coming in and out yeah. of his head mm-hmm. as he was kind of sitting there uh, and I was going wait- to go fall out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was really impressed with when Lou puts him through the window. And how that looked, you know, at that time yeah, the effects for that real, time. That was pretty high end. That was pretty high end. And uh, you know, that still worked for me today. Like it's like, oh man, that that was pretty fucking cool how they did that. So um, you know, it, it felt more real than maybe we would get today in a matrix type go through the window kind of a move, right? Mm-hmm. So um you're talking about one of your favorite lines here and Noah about, you know, just take it easy on the Bacardi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love when when Lou and is talking about how he was captain of industry and he was adored and loved by loved men. Loved by women. Feared by men, adored by women, and Frank just comes, <laughs> comes back with a adored. Come on, let's be honest, Lou. He paid for the women. Yeah, paid for the women. <laughs> <laughs> that was... I fucking love that. That was such a great slime ball just kind of jab yeah. at exactly. his... Uh, yeah,
0: so good, so good.
1: But uh, and the most interesting
0: thing that I, I, for the thousand times that ever that I've seen this movie, and I know I said a hundred, now it's a thousand, it'll be a million next time I say it. <laughs> that I, it never put to me in there that it automatic. I know it automatically dials Claire's number there, right? But, yeah. uh, but like when you're trying to think about kayfabe, how, how off the wall that's got to be you know in that instance for the character and there's your first and really the anchor of the whole thing is um that as big of a piece of shit as frank cross is in this movie the one thing that even temporarily snaps him out of it is claire throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing it's the only yeah. thing and he realizes that once he hears her voice he's laying there taking all in and then he hears her voice on the voicemail and he pops up like he just like fucking like he looked made of pure energy until he starts to catch himself. And that happens all the way into the end of the movie until he finally doesn't catch himself. I thought it was an interesting, interesting touch, but, uh, the movie really starts to move fast from here because yep. he tells him, yeah. he tells him we're going to meet the ghost, the first ghost 12 o'clock. Uh, yep, yep, And he goes out to dinner with of all the fucking people in this movie, Robert Meacham is in this goddamn <laughs> movie so annoying so terrible. not likeable <laughs> no he's terrible programming for cats you know i always thought scrooge needed a dormouse, right like <laughs> like kind of an asshole thing uh my uh, this there's gonna be a theme in this thing i think every one of everybody's grandparents here had a thing for robert meacham Uh, when he was in his prime, you ever see like the, like, uh, like the pictures of like the nature, the original nature boy, Buddy Rogers or Bruno San Martino, which they look like a fucking chest with like a little head and like a, like a, like legs and arms attached to them. That's what Robert Beecham looked like back in the day. Uh, and so I was just, I completely, every time of all the things I remember about this movie that he's in this fucking movie and he's the shit for brains boss always catches me off guard. And then the baked Alaska joke. It's always good.
3: Yeah. So Frank starts to become unraveled. He starts seeing stuff. He sees the eyeball in his glass. He sees the waiter on fire. He bolts out of the restaurant. He falls through the door. Uh, that was unscripted. He actually fell. Going out Made the way it on the way I read that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he hops in the cab and he meets... Buster Poindexter Buster, high, of all people.
0: It's
3: <laughs> like, where does this guy look so familiar? And I, I went back and I was like, oh, it's fucking Buster Poindexter.
0: <laughs> See, all, all those years I thought their scene w- together, uh, was really good and really casual. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, here's, here's Buster Poindexter and he's really doing it for not really having any other real roles in anything he's ever done. Come to think of it, doing a research that they were friends.
3: Yeah, so he wasn't supposed to be in the movie. It was supposed Mm -hmm. to be Sam Kinison, uh, who was lined up to have that role. And he lost it because Bill Murray called Buster in and gave it to him. (laughs) (laughs) And then then on top of that, I guess Sam Kinison was feuding with Bobcat Goldthwaite. And then he got even more pissed when he found out that he got a semi-leading role <laughs> in the film. So he's just he just mfed everybody <laughs> slightly associated with Scrooge. Oh, I, see. I, I do not do it.
2: So uh, we're now looking at uh, little Frankie uh, as a little kid uh, mm-hmm. in a in a heartstring moment, uh, which I remember as a kid thinking like I remember like feeling sadly for him as a kid like that whole scene like because when you're a kid you associate you look at the kid like oh that, that it's yeah. like me you think of your parents yeah. and blah. mom walking off mm-hmm. and going out is she gonna come back that whole thing but man those motherfuckers are just smoking in there oh yeah like <laughs> without a care in the goddamn time mom you.
1: mom was pregnant
2: Yeah, smoking like with, a chimney
1: with 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 yeah, with uh with frank's uh younger brother there and um you know there's nothing that says we're gonna go ahead and make an ignorant family just a little bit more ignorant <laughs> quite like we're just gonna smoke in the house now too
0: mm-hmm. smoke you know? in the house while pregnant and then clearly uh i'm gonna go out drinking and possibly get me some christmas eve action at the bar
1: yeah oh yeah yeah and uh you know dad comes in and hands his kid a package of meat veal just veal right um you know and there is a as as somebody who really kind of developed their their cinematic um knowledge in the 90s like like we did uh there was a lot of cable guy in that scene yeah that i that i kind of felt that i never really knew before and i wouldn't have been surprised if there wasn't some correlation that that they used in, that jim carrey and company used when making that movie of of how that played out in scrooge of just that same thing the innocent child just the only thing he really had to depend on was television you know um mm-hmm. and and that's uh it, that's sad that he's like oh yeah you know i must have got here at a time when uh, my dad hadn't got a chance to put the lights up yet and he's like it's christmas eve frank you know Mm -hmm. just uh that 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 well you know christmas wasn't really a thing there so one of the notes i have about it is
0: that in addition to uh, like almost entirely original characters in the entire thing minus the ghosts uh not there is not one version mainstream version of scrooge uh, or christmas carol up to this point in time that goes that shows you scrooge's dad they, they don't ever tell you. They mm-hmm. talked about how he, his, he was either an orphan or he was abandoned by his parents. And he, he grew up with a, with a strict headmaster, right? All of these other things, but we never see Scrooge's dad. And this movie just goes right out and says, if you think he's a dick, what well, do you see is old man, right? <laughs> that's, that's a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. And so this immediately gives you a different aspect. So I thought it was interesting. Also played by one of Bill Murray's brothers right uh brian doyle murray so yep who also um, plays
3: uh clark's boss in christmas vacation
0: it does mm. and and in an earlier thing he is the one who says the line prognosticator of prognosticators in groundhog day so
1: yeah i i love a good bill murray movie when i know all the murray brothers are getting some. <laughs> yeah they're <laughs> all in there and they're all in this one man yeah, they you are know? and uh i, I yeah I, I appreciate every time i get to see another uh you know murray brother and uh, going back again circling back to one crazy summer right uh you know bill murray's uh brother i can't remember which one it is i'm trying to look here real quick to see if i can yeah, find one. it um but yeah the, the one who plays the party guest is also you know in in one crazy summer uh and looks so much like his brother who's playing bill murray's brother you know they're the only ones that actually look like they're related yeah uh and this whole thing but yeah love love give me, give me all the murray's man give, give me all
2: all the murray's all the murray's yeah and
0: uh, and bill's mom and as frank cross's mom uh for being as terrible as she is as far as smoking while pregnant and leaving <laughs> her young child alone in the house um on christmas eve uh with, with, a a deal. with a package of With a package of veal. you didn't even try didn't to refrigerate the thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> he just left
2: it on the fucking floor. Uh,
0: she still gets your heartstrings gone a little bit because she yeah. looks so vulnerable.
2: Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I, a, a small point about that scene, uh, that whole entire sequence. Uh, it's funny how uh, these these pieces of media like affect you over the course of your entire life in ways that you don't necessarily register. Now, I hadn't seen the movie in several years, but I always remembered the line niagara falls niagara and falls, niagara falls and there's like a little little group of friends that i have like that's a thing we always say to each other when like we make reference to something that's gonna make you cry like listen i'm just telling you it's niagara falls i'm just telling you right now <laughs> and it's, it's, and it's, it's literally just this movie that made me it's just such it's i i don't know how to not say that in response yeah. you know and it's just cool that it's just it's a part of your vernacular. It's just a part of your vocabulary, and it's never not gonna be. Um, oh, it's, just, it's nice.
0: It is nice. Or it's like nice- uh, you
2: know, uh like a throwback to last week's episode with like a Christmas story like Fragile. Like, I, I couldn't say how many times I just say that to people. People say that to me, It's just like it's been, you may not know anything else about that movie, but you know that one joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fragile. I think it says fragile. It's not even that fucking funny, but it's iconic. No nope. Italian. Yep. Now uh... <laughs>
0: In the next scene, we, we see him as a young man at the, Christmas, at the cr- company Christmas party where we see Lou. Now, the only thing I want to mention about this scene is, for anyone who's a fan of the TV show Perfect Strangers, you'll, re- you'll recognize that the office bimbo is played by oh, Marianne. Flat it's out rec- recognize Marianne's ass in that movie right away. Um, but most importantly, I, I'd like to go on a tangent for a second, because this is the scene where we meet Karen Allen uh as claire and it's at this point where i feel the need to tell you what my wife already knows is that for the entirety of my life since i was a very little boy i have had a full-on major crush on karen allen in this movie as marion and indiana jones her in animal house fuck even Starman. uh i would fucking do anything for karen allen in this or any movie i don't care uh i would die for her um and then later in the movie when i said the only truly awful thing that frank cross does he can't come back from in my eyes is when he turns down being with karen allen to play a dog (laughs) and (laughs) in which case i just want to say out loud that there is no amount of anybody including dogs that i wouldn't do terrible things to to be with karen allen for just for just 15 minutes in a waffle house bathroom just at any point in time
1: You you know, you know, Noah, you and I have a very interesting perspective on what Bill Murray is going through playing that dog as we have both been mascots Mm -hmm. and have been in those suits and there is nothing about being in those suits that ever makes you want to go back
3: in those suits nope no nope. well, unless for unless me and Harry jones Harry there's nothing that makes us want to get in those suits in the first place
4: pretty much, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you're, it it much you, guys are, you
1: guys, yeah. guys are much smarter about it much than smarter. we were fucking broken fan all the time and every battery falling out hitting you in the head just knocking you that unconscious yeah. having a little stream of blood going down while you're shaking kids hands at a fourth of july so <laughs> good yeah right oh, no naked park mm-hmm like so, sober, <laughs> just dude. just he's just sitting there just sweating and i'm just like i know bill i know yeah.
0: there's no amount of febreze that gets that thing to not smell like nope. uh, like like man in there but uh also the other thing that always bothered me is the way that three different characters in this movie say chinese food not chinese food not chinese food, not chinese food. Chinese food
2: like the accent I noticed is, it once
0: yeah yeah Marianne <laughs> says it Bill Murray says it Karen Allen says it. anyone who says the phrase Chinese food says it like that it fucking stuck with me <laughs> like why <laughs> did you For all the wrong reasons. Any, and, and no one emphasized the knees in Chinese food right <laughs> like
2: that's the pivot point on the word anyway and of- well that whole scene with uh, with the office party, and I I I made a point to write that down, is like the, the level of debauchery in this office right now mm-hmm. is like a PR, it's like a human resources worse oh, nightmare. Yeah.
3: For sure. It's a PR nightmare. <laughs> yeah, this
2: is like what 1968 it's supposed to be. So yep. I'm like, I mean, they still don't get a pass for that. Fuck that. It's like <laughs> nothing good is happening here. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I what? <laughs> It no. was so wild to me. <laughs> but this starts the love affair between uh, Frank and um, Karen Allen. And what I have come to the conclusion that uh, Miss Allen is a fucking idiot. Um, no offense to your love and life, but she's a None fucking taken. moron. If and she was that dumb, movie. I might have had a shot. Like yeah. holy shit! He's like, hey, I love you. Let's be together. Awesome. And then she's like, well, I don't want to be with you because you don't want to go to dinner. Okay, that's fine and he proceeds to come back to her years later only to become a dick in front of her yeah he runs thing. away she and then like and she's just like but come back lumpy are you what what I no mean, it's been like almost 30 it's been 15 fucking years like obviously you've been good all this time uh, listen
0: if she didn't have something broken within her then she would <laughs> only have you can fix it for that first of all yes give me the (laughs) shot you know what if if i'm gonna pull the microphone real close if if my mom has a chance to talk to robin chew about his nipples and there's a chance that he could hear it i just want to say karen allen give me a chance that's all i'm going to say help me out i'll go back in time see here's the thing if i go back in time to where you're my age uh i'm like five which means you're (laughs) even then i'll tell you what five-year-old me here for it okay Five year old Raiders of the Lost Ark and was like, All right, I'm in for this. You know? So yeah, here's just, here's here's a true, true story. True one hundred percent story about Karen Allen. I can absolutely pinpoint that she in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark is the first person I was ever physically attracted to. Because I distinctly remember watching that movie and turning to my father and my mother on the couch and saying when you see a pretty girl does your wiener feel weird like that's the first time ever seeing her <laughs> in that movie so i can i could say this now out on the internet i'm here for it it's like a lifelong thing okay oh, so at that point if you get a chance to run for the title does it matter how old the title is right who's been holding it for that long Then not you be the champ okay
3: <laughs> so so knowing what we know now about your affinity for karen allen if she was not in this movie would this movie still be your favorite Christmas movie?
0: I cannot answer that question, but probably
3: because the answer is no. Not.
0: Yeah, the answer <laughs> is no. I don't know. I, I get <laughs> That
3: changes the whole perspective of your opinion. It can yeah. it has to. How does it not?
1: You know, no as you're as you're as you're telling that story about how you have such a major crush on Karen Allen, there's a part of me thinking that, you know, I, I know somebody who works at Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm responsible for Karen Allen, two Indiana Jones movies. Would there ever be a possibility that I could finagle something for a cameo like video recording of Karen Allen to you until I heard you mention how she made your five-year-old wiener wiggle
4: <laughs> at that uh, point,
1: yeah. at that point it went completely off. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, we're just going to have to let this one slide. We're just yeah, going to chalk that just, one up and yeah, just put that back in your pocket. We're just going to put that one back later. filing cabinet. We're going to close the door on that one and uh, pretend like it never happened. So uh,
4: that's true <laughs> 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 uh, I no. say
0: because i probably will forget to mention it later in the movie but uh she's so sweet in this movie which is great and she's cute but when she turns heel in the in the in the christmas future scene oh god dude oh god ice Just cold like, man ice cold, ice
1: cold. Oh. you know I, I, I do, I will say this though, just, you know, kind of going back to her character, it's a nice juxtaposition to how over the top shitty Frank is Mm -hmm. to having her being basically as far on the opposite side of that scale as, as he is on his side. You know, they, they really, in that aspect, in terms of their character portrayals, balance out the shittiness with the wholesomeness um and 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 she's really outside of his brother one of the you know i mean i know i'm not gonna say that there are a few other characters that are that are rather wholesome in this whole thing but um you know she's really a a heart of the film that doesn't have a lot of it
3: so um Yeah. mm -hmm. yeah that's absolutely right and i she's the only one that sees any semblance of redeeming qualities in frank at all for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. 100%. But, um, yeah, we see her in the, in the, in the present soon enough, but he gets done with all this ghost of Christmas past, bullshit breaks her heart, decides to be a
2: dog, uh, Buster point Dexter drives away. And now we're <laughs> well, back. Before to- we, before we, before we, before we go to the next part, I just want to, I, I want to point out, uh, I feel like you all had to have thought this. There's no way none of you did how unreasonable she was in that scene where they broke up i look look yeah if if and it's, i'm thinking like i feel like this scene could have been written differently to really make her look like she was being wronged, but she just looked like she was being kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. okay man i get it like yeah like listen it's christmas i get it best friends for dinner yeah i know it's a thing but we do it every fucking year but this opportunity could could be like the big opportunity, right? Like, and I feel like if I were in his position, I would have been the same way, like, well, the head of the fucking studio.
3: Yeah, there's no compromise.
2: This is an opportunity for me to make a big leap, make more money, live a little better, take nicer vacations, whatever we need to do. And you're like, but Dave no, and Jeff want us over for dinner. Well, they can fucking wait till tomorrow because <laughs> we're going <laughs> out for dinner. Well,
0: any, any real friends would have been like, You're here doing what when you could have been exactly. fuck out of here. The problem was where he immediately starts going back on it is where he starts doing the my needs. And if you could take a minute and consider what I want, you're like, ah, there it is. There's there's right. Anakin asking, Oh no, what have I done? you know and he's <laughs> yeah and he's all i wanted was bill Murray to put the head back on turn and then see a bunch of younglings standing there <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: were just, um, we were right there that was a that was a very uh um, mansplained way of seeing that scene there herb jones
2: oh <laughs> well, yeah man, that's not even fucking, i feel like anybody in that situation would have that reaction like like I mean, hello this is as a multimillionaire who's like, Hey, let's go out to dinner so we can talk shop and maybe make some moves here or, or we can have fucking pizza hut. Well, let's see. I don't know. Clearly, (laughs) clearly, clearly pizza hut with their long-term best
1: friends that they love and care about was more important to her than climbing a corporate ladder and something that she probably feels that he doesn't like to do anyway. Could have
2: fooled me. It seemed like he enjoyed it.
0: Here, here's something else too that when you put when you cut to the present and you see Karen Allen at the homeless shelter, right? She can't f- afford fuses. Like they're looking for every scrape of a thing. So clearly mm-hmm. he went materialistic, and she has probably given away every spare dollar she's ever had. Right? Yeah. So I think there's there's the path splitting right there, and I think I I agree with you. That really, she could have just bit the bullet and gone out to, out to dinner while she pretended not to notice this dude is 40 years older than the secretary he's banging. But, <laughs> yeah. And done, well, done that for her man. But, well, you, you know, know the, yeah.
1: there yeah. there's a lot about that scene that was very unrealistic to me. First off, that you're going to be filming on Christmas Eve, a kid show mm-hmm. and, you know, expecting to have a full audience. And then, hey, we're going to go out to dinner and talk about some stuff on Christmas Eve. You know, right. um, you know, a, a lot of that doesn't really quite fit how I would, you know, how I think a lot of things would typically work in a business situation anyway. Um, But but you're, you guys are right about uh, about Karen Allen, too, is that how, you know, he goes so materialistic and she just goes so the other way. And again, I think that creates that again, that balance between those two characters that I think the story needs to
3: kind of ground itself a little bit
2: even but though if she, she went yeah. materialistic she went burnt. yeah mm-hmm. if
3: she, she, if, she really, if she really loved frank like are you really not going to talk to dude for 15 years because he wouldn't go to yeah, date over that shit that's but, a lot there lies time. the problem and jeff. that was only because yeah. he called her yeah 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 that's true like how much longer would it have been uh, you bring uh, up a good Infinite. point jeff
0: Infinitely because, longer because three of us are married and one has a long-term girlfriend. She would have waited forever. She would have been fucking dead in the ground before she would have called him back <laughs> ever. Not a chance in <laughs> my mind. Uh, not a doubt in my so, mind that would
2: happen. There's a critique for the film that we brought up earlier: is that everything seems a little rushed and like there's some yeah. character development that, that just is totally absent. So that scene where they break up, the weight of it is absent. There's nothing there because there's no content. They went from happy together. Yep. To there's clearly some problems. Mm. And there was I didn't notice, I didn't see any in between. I saw nothing. They were cool no, getting just, all uh, the Kama Sutra to yep. he's making moves and she's not happy about who he's becoming as a person. You know? But
0: I mean, let's call let's let's call it out the way it is though. If you give someone the gift... if someone gives you the gift of Kama Sutra and knives, you're gonna have a real weird night. And I think I mean like what's wrong with that right and you go from that like a little bit of cut play maybe you try to see Jeez. see see all kinds <laughs> of weird Co- shit.
2: Co- you know, base chemical plan. castration and
3: cut play in one episode yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> hey, Merry hey, fucking hey. christmas may
0: i recommend yeah. uh as i always do especially you uh our midnight listener that god gave you an incognito browser for a reason and <laughs> i <tonight, tonight laughs> use it okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's good that's good
1: <laughs> uh, they're are definitely cutting some cans in the bed between positions let's just go oh ahead yeah. and make sure that that's yeah. very very well aware there mm-hmm. so we cut back um a little bit of love here uh as you transition here nova just to the performance of of david um uh david Johansson for for playing the ghost of christmas past oh he was great um oh, I really <laughs> feel the strength of this movie is on the ghosts. Um, in, in particular 100%. past and present, I thought their performances were, were really the bright spot of the movie. Um, uh, I, I, just, I just really want to, you know, just kind of toss that out there.
0: Oh yeah. And I forgot to, um, I completely forgot to even mention it earlier as we were talking about, um, uh, uh, lethal Webb casting John Forsythe as Lou Hayward, right? His boss, was the villain in the first *Lethal Weapon* movie? So, cue *Sexy Saxophone* Part Two, right? <laughs> and hold on, folks, because right. we have a third one. Oh, there's more popping up. Yeah, oh, there's, there's I'm, plenty more.
1: I'm, 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 I'm hoping the listeners are hearing that sweet, sweet sax right now.
0: Oh my know? god, I should, I should, I should digitally impose *Sexy Saxophone*. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you heard it, you heard it. I didn't forget. But if you didn't hear it, well, then fuck you. I didn't, I didn't think it was
2: the time. Uh,
3: <laughs> but yeah, we come back, right? Yep. Excuse right me. back to him being a dick. In the right back Yeah,
2: like nothing changed.
3: Yeah, nothing changed. Yeah.
0: He goes to see Frank. He, uh, uh, to see Claire at the homeless shelter babbling. They think he's homeless. Of course, with Bill Murray in that hairline, in that face. I'm telling you. Right.
3: He recites uh, in Hamlet to Mama Fratelli.
0: He does. He does. Which is really interesting to me because Richard Burton, who they think he is, is like literally two years younger than Robert Meacham is in this movie. And the exact same, they're like the same class of actor, which is an interesting reference, but he drops the line to Claire. If you want to save someone, Claire, save yourself. It's like, oh, shit. Spoiler
3: alert. That's going to come back later. (laughs) Yeah drops the and line. she's just
2: like oh no come back when she should have just said fuck you get out of here now dude you came here looking for me it's <laughs> like you can, like,
0: you called me yeah this you is come my homeless shelter you come and i immediately throw myself right at you twice dude,
2: especially she, after he went like, right up to it. her and kissed her right on the fucking lips when he went into bed when he saw her yeah, yeah like, like, like it like it was yesterday that, that stood yesterday. out to me i'm like whoa yeah. that's boundaries motherfucker yeah, like you think you could just do that and, and it she was, didn't seem to mind anyhow. It,
1: it was the 80s. He could have been so coked up at that Mother point. I was born was in the happening. 80s. Let
2: me tell you something. Man. That shit does it, not wait a it a minute. pass then. It doesn't it's pass now.
0: Let me just ask this question. Call consent. Because nobody <laughs> knows that he's not homeless when he starts babbling in to that homeless shelter. So does she just let people, homeless people at that shelter, walk up and kiss her right on the mouth? Because she's a volunteer, I need she's money somehow. Going to homeless shelters at this point, <laughs> that kind of like, hey, are you Karen Allen? Let me. Just, I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm gonna tongue first, and then ask. <laughs> <it's like, laughs> <laughs> Damn, but uh, but that leads us to guys. It's Christmas. Ghost of Christmas Present. It's Carol Kane. Right. Uh, let me ask the question. It's the only note I have about uh, most of this. Does she steal this whole fucking movie? Yes, she's yeah, a highlight. Yeah, she was a highlight idols. when I was a
2: kid. She still is yeah, now. She has she she still the still is now. fucking
0: movie, dude. Like, flat her, out takes the whole movie, tucks it in there, and goes. Her
1: and the little fucking goblins in the rib cage of the Ghosts of Christmas Future. <laughs> they're, they're the two MVPs of this whole thing.
3: Because <laughs> she's so sweet and wholesome, yet so overly aggressive.
0: Yes. So because he's,
3: it's like he's just being a dick the whole time. So she's like, I'm just going to give it to him because <laughs> he deserves it.
0: yeah there it is that's perfectly she's she's so purposefully volatile to him and it's just amazing oh she absolutely steals this movie though but i think i think all the iterations of any ghosts in the history of any version of christmas carol she is the strongest ghost of christmas present easy i feel like she should have played ghost of the ghost of christmas present in every version of (laughs) the christmas carol that has happened since she's still doing shit today she can still do it She still, she still works. She does. She was on the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for the entire run of the show. So,
1: you know, the, 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 I, I, and again, thinking about this in, in ways that, you know, not necessarily as a fan of the movie or, or as watching as a child and enjoying the the little slapstick nature of her character, Mm -hmm. but you know, as we're talking about, and and you mentioned, no, and I didn't really think about this as it kind of went through, but, you're right. He doesn't fucking learn anything really from the ghosts of Christmas past. Like nothing. So when, so, nothing she, happened. so when she comes along, I almost feel like it's you didn't really learn what you needed to learn from this first experience. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to beat it into you. And I, I love all the different mm-hmm. ways that she just pounds on him throughout this bitch hit me with a toaster
4: fucking life, <laughs> man.
1: like just just uh it's it's amazing and and how how that whole process goes through with that character i think that was the a, a, whoever's decision it was to play it that way uh and everything and and again as we as you kind of saw and as you guys mentioned earlier um she
3: did beat the
1: shit out of him for real yeah,
3: yeah she she was, was for real she did she was uncomfortable doing it and there's stories of her like breaking down in tears on set because of how uncomfortable she felt doing it but bill murray was just like just keep doing it because how you're doing it is selling it yeah perfect
0: yeah it was perfect uh hit me with a toaster is not only my favorite line in this whole movie (laughs) but it is my all-time favorite line in any christmas movie ever
2: (laughs) (laughs) what's your second
0: oh in this movie is I do a Christmas movie? Oh, oh, well, the, oh, oh, yes! Yeah. So se- second in any Christmas movie would be Rocky IV when he's like, "If I can change, <laughs> you can change,
2: everybody can, can change. change."
0: But, but that's only second to number three. Only right ahead of number three, which is also from Rocky IV, and which isn't a line. But when Sylvester Stone looks at Polly and is pretty much asking with his eyes, "Are you fucking that robot, Polly?" Like straight up asking if he's at, if, if, if he's it's such an unnecessary thing in a <laughs> boxing movie that takes place at Christmas about the Cold War there's a scene where Polly this grounded alcohol-based character from the first movie has come so far that he he, he somehow gets the knowledge to reprogram a robot that belongs to his nephew and has a right. sexual relationship with it a very
2: emotionally charged movie. relationship <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
0: it's the most perfect mo- christmas movie ever that's the reason why that movie ended the cold war not because they were afraid of rocky but because if america is capable of this fucking thing what else are they willing to do in the soviet union pack that shit in right then and there but but here is where you start to see fr- some of it start to land on frank cross uh you see it w- for a sprinkle with karen allen and his mom but you see him more with his brother and you see it mm-hmm. more with grace and grace's grace little boy and an Calvin. Apple yeah 100 yep. mm-hmm. uh and i'm gonna ask this question because it comes up later in a movie but i gotta ask it. whenever he's doing his whole redemption thing at the end live on tv and he says it was the ss minnow james the ship that took gilligan island the gilligan to the island and then he looks at the camera for a second it's uncomfortable it says hello wendy Oh, so weird <laughs> like i felt like just there was something there yeah there was something there like that they they, they either did cut out or bill murray's just like gonna just randomly
3: creep up in this movie but oh, well yeah. even during his funeral when he's visited by the ghost of of the future mm-hmm. like she's more upset about his death than his brother is
4: mm-hmm.
3: Ooh, we're unpacking
0: stuff right yeah. here Oh, there you go, right? So then, yes, they ask the grand question: It's like, what, what the fuck's happening there? My reaction, if I was his brother, when he's like, "Hello, Wendy," because he, in the movie he's like, oh, that's nice," he talked about you, but in real life, I'm like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> 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 oh, right, right. Everyone get this out of my everybody house. leaves. Yeah. <laughs> brutal, brutal, brutal. Uh, but she beats the shit out of him so bad that she almost tries to kill him. That's the thing. She leaves him to die in a sewer. Carol Kane does. Leaves Bill Murray to die in a sewer, and that would have been the end of the movie, except we see Herman has died in the eight minutes since (laughs) we last saw him.
3: Yeah, it was earlier that afternoon that he was in that shelter, and now he's dead. But
1: again, we see again, we see as I've mentioned earlier that that parallel between this movie and Groundhog Day. Yeah where you know it's i almost feel like in some weird ways bill murray got groundhog day as a do over for Scrooge. i could see both yeah and because you had that same beat where there he he doesn't give uh the guy any money mm-hmm. and he's like oh you want the two dollars now let me go ahead and give you the two dollars like why don't you just stay in the shelter you would have been warm you would have had you know and you see that with the old man in groundhog day where he tries to do everything he can to to keep him alive when he realizes that you know he thinks he's maybe god but now he realizes he's not god at all Yeah. and mortality still kind of plays at least in that role but it's 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 a very similar beat but you know again i think he kind of plays this aloof where in groundhog day he plays it more redeeming again this is a teachable moment for him which is why we finish with that part of him there yeah. and and you know even going back to and and let's give some kudos to Alfred woodard and, and her oh yeah, her portrayal oh, sure. here uh, and him being able to kind of see her family and you know realize that her son hasn't spoken since he watched his dad die and you know all that other stuff. you start to see a little bit, again, of Frank having some humanity for once, but then we immediately drop him off there to hopefully kind of hammer that home, but he's more worried about the door then you know and and playing that up and trying to get other people's attention then he is to learn something and again when he gets out of there i still don't feel like he's learned anything yet about mm. that
0: oh man Agreed. yeah 100 i'd say and i think whenever he finds herman dead is a perfect example of every time in this movie where he shows he leads he with compassion for a second like oh don't do this to me Herman, and then he catches himself and then doubles down on being a heel dick Every single time. And you know, he's like he's like honestly bothered by, by Herman being dead. And then he bursts through that door after getting out of there and then immediately insults small helpless children and women. Um <laughs> but we blew past <laughs> the part where he he wants the staple antlers onto a mouse's head. But
1: well, well, we also blew yeah. past the point where he thought the tops of the nipples were okay. <laughs> I <yeah.
4: laughs> for the, for they the were okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's how we got
1: past that. Third
0: best line in this movie. You could hardly see them now. <laughs> that was improvised. <laughs> was. That was not yeah. in the script. <laughs> Perfect.
1: But, <laughs> but I also think, too, it kind of goes towards the narcissistic element of Frank's character in this is that, you know, we're going to give you the Ghost of Christmas past to reflect on the mistakes you made because we want to give you an opportunity to correct them. And you go right back to being yourself. So now I'm going to physically beat the shit out of you and try to beat the lessons into you and then leave you with death, with the actual personification of death right in front of you that you maybe could have had a chance to help avoid if -hmm. you would have just been a little bit generous with the, with giving him the $2 to the ghost of Christmas future, who then literally presents him with his death Mm -hmm. and the burning of his corpse. And and it was a little weird to me as we kind of transition into the future part, where you know, that's what really took the lesson was that he didn't want to burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even yeah. thinking it was his brother in the coffin. It was when he realized it was him in the coffin. Um, and it just seems kind of extreme to me, like you said, no, about how and and Jeff and and Herb, how you guys have said that there's just no there's no growth until that very end, which just seems yep. really strange yeah, with this portrayal of the story. Brilliant.
0: Yeah. It's almost like Bill Murray enjoyed being a dick so much that he just dicked into every scene until he literally couldn't justify it anymore. And then bursts out of the elevator. But speaking of bursting into the elevator, I love the idea though, that he gets out of the Christmas present, gets up to his fucking starts drinking again, gets up to his office with this cocaine mirror and we get the simultaneous ghost of Christmas future going through all those monitors, which is a cool mm-hmm. touch. Meanwhile, Bobcats got himself a fucking mega shotgun, like in a very yeah. Elmer Fudd yeah. size. And then he
3: does the work. Oh, <laughs>
2: <Elmer Fudd. laughs> yeah. he's, he's
3: selling his blood for food, but somewhere he finds a shotgun, <laughs> a shotgun along yeah. the way. And,
1: and again, let's talk about how in, in the course of two days, he goes from being a successful television executive to being divorced, homeless, a raging alcoholic, and now a murderer. Yep. Yeah. Because he oh. got fired on Christmas Eve, right? It it escalated just like, quickly. Yep.
0: Yeah. What? It's about twenty-four hour time span. Thirty-six yeah. hours top.
1: And the mighty can fall. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that again, as we talk about other elements in the film, just just felt rushed. You know. It did, but but hundred percent of all
0: the scenes that actually place the part where Bobcat is hunting uh, Bill Murray through the office firing a gun by the way multiple times and no one notices right <laughs> which is pretty pretty suspect even for the 80s um is one of the longer scenes and the whole damn movie like that, that for the minute that we almost see the the ghost of christmas future grab him until he gets into the elevator where the ghost of christmas future is like what like four or five minutes and everything else moves so fast except for that which i guess can't help but notice that richard Darner really likes seeing bob cat shoot at bill murray and he's like no we we could use another
2: he <laughs> <laughs> may be on but something
0: he, there <laughs> but he gets to the future and that's where you start to see uh and it's and it's interesting where it's like he he starts to let his guard down you see calvin in the mental institution which uh, I thought it was a nice touch of improvisation from Bill Murray, knowing that the camera's axis is tilted to act like he's fallen into the wall. It's very, very nice little physical comedy thing. Uh, but then you get Karen Allen in the heel turn, which, oh man, there's just parts of my body that still can't relax from seeing that <laughs> once again, this year. if you want to save someone save yourself. Thanks Lumpy. It's like, oh yeah. Thank you. Lumpy thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much for that
1: (laughs) you know we all we all we all thought that the reason she called him lumpy was because in their first interaction she hit him with the door in the head and then they kind of bumped heads but it was really because of of frank's uh you know rapidly advancing testicular cancer yeah you know
0: you know, That's oh,
1: where the real where the real lump came from. Let's take a minute, no, everybody, just, to
0: remind just, you that if there's anyone in your life that you care about, be sure to check them for testicular cancer. <laughs> Give them a couple of strokes and a squeeze, and just say, "Hey, you're good to go. Be on your way. I'll see you next year." This message has been brought to you by Three Strokes and
3: dot org. And if that doesn't oh. work, there's always <laughs> chemical castration.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and play. it's it's gonna it's
1: gonna be great like it's gonna be great in two weeks when when uh what'd you say no is uh three lumps and a squeeze three three strokes and a squeeze yeah when three strokes and a squeeze dot com when three strokes and a squeeze dot com reaches out to you and says they'd like to go ahead and have an advertising spot on the podcast oh my
0: god God. God. i've been waiting for that moment all my life
1: uh yes I, i would be happy to have you uh do you
0: want me to do it in a east german accent (laughs) because I can do it, I do it for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, Dave, you brought up a very, a very important point, and it's sort of like an hour and change ago. I had mentioned it, my my feelings on this movie changed upon watching it as an adult and trying to just watch it for the story that it was, and I came away uh, really disappointed um, in the character, his motivations, um, and then like. Uh, my wife and I sat and watched it. Now, she had never seen this movie before, uh, and she liked it. Fine. Uh, this is a good movie. Um, but she kind of, like, didn't get why I was so annoyed. I'm like, well, listen, like, and this is kind of my problem with motivations people have to do the the right thing, right? Are you doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do and that you want to actually do right by people? Or are you doing the right thing because you're afraid of the consequences of not doing the right thing um are you doing the right thing are you are you you know not to be that guy but like are you doing the right thing because organized religion tells you to do it and you're afraid to go to wherever hades is supposed to be for whatever you believe in are you doing it because you do really want to be good to people you want to put good into the universe put good into the world and i feel like frank cross was quite literally exactly that person he's the type of guy who for fear of going to hell, we'll just do the right thing. And in that case, you're not really doing the right thing. You're doing the selfish thing. You know, you're just looking after yourself. And I feel like ultimately, in this movie, he learned zero. He didn't progress. He didn't change. He's actually still being selfish in the self preservation way, which is doesn't make him a bad person necessarily. But for the Please, disagree. Um,
0: uh, and I agree with you almost entirely. Until one moment. Now, as somebody, I think all four of us are sometimes in, in life, expert level bullshitters. Okay? like In some way, masterclass. And have sure. you ever been bullshitting about something and about halfway, three quarters of the way through it, you fucking realize what the point of what you're saying is. And you stumb- accidentally stumble upon a point or a selling moment and you wrap yourself around there. And you can actually finally buy into it. That we've all been in that, right? I think he's one hundred percent concerned with burning in hell. Literally, he says burn, and he says don't let don't let me burn, don't let them burn me, James, don't let them burn. And then he comes out of the elevator, and he's like, I'm alive, and he so- suddenly is uh, starts making out with Bobcat, and goes through this whole thing, and then Bobcat <laughs> commits like five felonies in a row after this yeah. whole thing. But I think there's a moment where he actually begins to realize what he should be saying, and actually begins to believe it from a character standpoint. And that is when after uh, the unnecessarily sexy chick kisses him under the mistletoe, and he doesn't lean into it and walks away to just monologue some more, that he starts to cry. And it's not from the point of burning in hell, but from actually buying into what he's saying. And he realizes that he likes how he feels. At that mo- exact moment in time, he says the line, if you like the feeling, then you want more of it, and you can want it every day, and Christmas can be every day. And at that moment, he says it and he buys it because he knows it's true. Because for the first time ever, at that moment, when the tears are in his eyes, he likes the way he feels. That's what I think. So it really, it happens way later in the movie than it fucking should, right? At least 10 minutes into the, to the act, three that it should right whenever after gross right. the future but i think he actually buys into it and believes it himself and does something for the right reason at the very end of the movie too late but still i think that's where where the character hooks himself when he because you, you watch it and look and he starts like looking off into the thing and he starts crying maybe it's just bill being bill but i bought the idea that the character is listening to himself speak and feeling it so that's me
2: that's me i mean most I, of the I, opinions, you're truly self. your your opinion is i think is uh, very valid i, I could see why you would think that i think and you could be very right like that could be literally exactly what they were going for and that probably is technically what they're going for but from the consumer from the moviegoer that is yeah. uh, that is not what i got and i got <laughs> he he saw he saw death he, he saw death i'm i'm gonna and I'm gonna there are a few it. things that make people more elated
3: than starting past death yeah not dying you know what i'm you're saying
2: <laughs> tears I, I, of joy because now you are no longer about to
3: die. <laughs>
2: you're no John's, longer looking at your damnation
1: i'm i'm gonna take it one step back from even where you're taking this and there's undoubtedly what they're going for is that you're gonna be cremated which is you know i kind of thought it was weird that we're gonna you know burn a perfectly good casket but whatever Uh, (laughs) in
3: the middle of their office they're gonna do that
1: yeah (laughs) um but i i was more thinking along the lines of again now there's the obvious visual representation of the little literal burning in hell which is what they're Mm -hmm. trying to go with but i actually thought he was more disappointed that he he originally thought it was his brother's funeral because you saw his brother's wife there wendy hello mm, mm. Uh, but <laughs> i think he was actually disappointed that it was when he found out it was his funeral and nobody was fucking there yeah. i i, th- I almost want to say that to me that would have been i think for him should have been more of a driving force is that listen here frank the way you're going right now when you're dead And you believe that because you're going to be cremated, you're going to be burning in hell, which isn't really what that whole thing was supposed to really mean. But nobody's going to fucking be there except for the one brother who always unapologetically tried to love you Mm -hmm. for the only reason that his heart was good and you were his brother. And no matter what he would try to hold out the good, you know, because we didn't really talk about how the gift his brother got him that his brother got the wrong fucking gift. He got the VCR instead of the towel because his assistant decided to give his brother a good fucking gift instead of a towel. But like it was- Your only brother? Right. And it was the gift that he got back was, it was the picture of him and his little brother and the little message wishing him a Merry Christmas and everything is that he just didn't, I I just think he didn't want to die alone. And again, that I think plays into the narcissism that you know mm. that the character fundamentally had uh, throughout this movie is that nobody matters but him, and when we mm. realize in the end with the life he was leading, it didn't fucking matter. That's when he had to go ahead and have the change. And of course, you know, burning in a casket has a you know certain psychological effect too. But I, I don't think you can have one without the other in terms of the character coming out being like, "I'm alive." and now let me tell you why christmas matters and why making good choices matters and the people around you matter
3: I, I think for me to see him make that shift and and basically do a 180 on the fly in that single moment like it still feels super selfish like he's still thinking about i'm frank this is all about me and mm-hmm. For everybody else to just forget all of a sudden because you're being nice in five minutes on Christmas Eve that you put us all through hell for the past fifteen plus years, like, oh yeah, it's fine. He's saying nice shit now, so it's good. Tomorrow he'll be fine, and we're on this path to redemption from here moving forward. Like, I, I disagree.
0: Well, I got, I got. That's my last note about this whole movie before the end singing sequence happens. Right? <laughs> Is that's the one hallmark of a christmas carol that's always stuck with me and bothered me a little bit is that ebenezer scrooge is a complete and utter prick to everybody in his life from the minute he gets his heart broken all the way through to the end of the movie and then he suddenly uses his money to buy people things and for five minutes he's buying people things and they're all good with it which is really an indictment about people's own selfish interests in that instance and i'm not saying that to excuse bill murray because he's still a piece of shit in this movie uh i mean he lets bob Cat with like absolutely holds by the way another lethal weapon person the captain is the switch controller there and he oh, holds yep. him at gunpoint right say so, <laughs> two sexy saxophone uh meanwhile the sensor who we haven't mentioned the network sensor who gets her ass beat this whole movie flat out rapes the dude from gremlin yeah, too, mm-hmm. right <laughs>
1: He full just gets, he jokes. just keeps getting raped in his movies. Yeah. He gets
0: raped yeah. by her. He gets raped by the
3: female gremlin. Yeah, I had, I had a note about that as she straddled him with the mistletoe.
0: I mean, yeah. What I mean, was we're, we're uh, it time It was totally yeah, like full on. That was that was a whole thing. And he he definitely didn't. I got the impression he doesn't play for that team in the <laughs> movies whatsoever. Right. So that's just doubly worse. But in every Christmas Carol, though <clears throat> every single person, like Bob Cratchit, he beats the sh- uh, Scrooge yells and is terrible to him, and and then Scrooge notices that Tiny Tim has a has a disability, and brings the biggest Christmas goose, and brings everything, and a bunch of strangers over to Bob Cratchit's house, and everyone's like, "Oh, fine, great," and he's like, "I'll give you more money," and they're like, "Fine, great," and everyone's like, "Oh, we love you now," and it always bothered me. Not like they just kind of prove that ultimately everybody. In any movie, can be bought. I guess, right? It, that's what cra- he's got a price. What Charles Dickens. Everyone's got a price for the
1: million dollars. That's
0: right, right? That's right.
1: Oh uh, this was the one scene of the movie that I believed Bill Murray cared about making the movie. Mm-hmm. And I and I feel like he had to have just ad lib that whole speech. He
3: did. did, and yeah, it did. It did. And they did about eight takes, and every take was different because mm-hmm. he just. Did whatever he wanted yeah. and they couldn't stop the crew couldn't stop him from doing that as mm-hmm. much as they wanted to
1: yeah yeah but Thanks. it was it is it is the one point in the movie that i felt like bill murray said you know all right fine just you know take the coat off stretch a little bit now i'm gonna actually <laughs> fucking act a little bit you know get the, a little bit get the work in you know now i'm gonna go ahead and try i'm gonna bring it home for you dick donner i'm gonna bring it home <laughs> um, there you
4: go.
1: but um I, yeah, I i i do still get a little wobbly jawed right at the end when her son walks up to gives him a little tug on the shirt and everything and he looks down and he's like hey what's up little man and he's like you forgot god bless us everyone you know that 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 is i think really the one true sweet moment of the of the with the
3: movie, yeah. I, I would love to hear what Herb Jones thinks. I of would that moment in the movie uh, just based on his facial expression alone. Doc, get real, get, get, get in close, get in close. And want to, <laughs> well, I can't get in close head,
2: because I have a,
0: my mic. Is no, in I mean, my, you have a headphones. camera, get close to it. Yeah, there it is. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, up. yeah, this lean is, into
2: it hard, man. <laughs> Mac 10 years ago, I would have agreed with you, but let me. Uh, look, the movie was filled with miracles and ghosts and fucking demons, <laughs> and poltergeists, things that are unbelievable. But, you know, the most unbelievable thing in that entire fucking film, What's that a that? child who suffered from PTSD was fucking mute for like five years or how many fucking years it was. And it took watching that dude have a fucking mental breakdown on live TV for him to decide to fucking talk. Are you fucking kidding me? I was sitting there going, "Wait, wait, hold the fuck on!" Now he decides to talk. Is Bill Murray's on the goddamn yeah. breakdown of, of, of epic proportions?
3: Yeah, that's just so fuck itself. It's also the same day that Bill Murray picked him up by his jacket and shook My him God. against the wall,
2: <laughs> more PTSD.
1: <laughs> listen, listen, we're all moved by the spirit of the season in different ways. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I,
0: I would say that it was a combination of seeing a, a mental breakdown in front of him and all of the nipples from the solid gold. dance. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the top, not
3: the whole nipple, yeah, just, just the top the of, of the just just get.
0: Yeah. He went to the move to the film studio that day as a boy and he left. A man. <laughs> a man who could... right. Uh but I I want to I want to before before we uh I mean we get to put a little love in your heart, right? I just I want to point out the fact that this movie does have a hell of a cast to it. But Alfrey Woodard, man, like all, one of the all-time Emmy decorated actresses ever through so many movies in the 80s and 90s and she just absolutely, I don't think we would have cared about Calvin or even the fact that she's Bob Cratchit in this movie, right? If she wasn't absolutely a heavy hitter in this movie, like flat out. Sure. Just, a, just a, a badass performance. Yeah,
3: she was She was the one character that wasn't afraid to stand up for Frank. Like, she saw through his bullshit, and yeah. I think he, on a certain level, he respected that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he could
2: have fired and found somebody else just like that, but he didn't. Well, that's well said. That's a good point.
1: A uh, a Golden Globe Award winner, gentlemen, Humphrey <laughs> Woodard. I just want to put that out there.
3: Just throwing it out
1: there. Thanks, just throwing man. it out there. Yeah. We <laughs> talk about Emmy's fucking Golden Globes, <laughs> man.
3: So Frank is redeemed. Calvin can speak all of a sudden. Claire's like, I'll t- oh I'll God. take you back yeah. again. Let's make out oh on television. God. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> and then everyone joins together in song. They all knew exactly yeah. what song to sing and exactly when to start singing it. Here's the thing. I did not know. Okay. We
0: didn't all grow up in the sixties and fifties and the seventies. Right. Uh, we grew yeah, up in did. No, None of us did. It correct. Correct. That is
1: a good call Noah.
0: Yes. Right. And I would be very surprised if any of our listeners did either. But for some reason, when Alfre gets up and of all the songs that she gets singing at the end of a Christmas movie, the fact that she doesn't sing a Christmas song and sings like a 60s pop song <laughs> and everybody, including the children on set, are like, oh yeah, that, that's my jam. hand. <laughs> and they start to like, that's the song? I can't, I can't help but feel like Richard Donner is somebody was sitting on set and they're like, how, we got? how do we fucking get out of Bill Murray's improvisation like how do we how do we get out of this and there it is some random song which actually ends up being what one of the most iconic parts of this whole movie that it ends
3: yeah
0: random pop sing-along but that's the thing you don't sing we wish you a merry christmas but you you ended on a non-christmas song i thought it was a strange call of all the songs
3: yeah yeah and i think that song every once in a while gets played on christmas music lists because of that Mm -hmm. The song the the official production was done by Al Green and Annie Lennox and ended up on you know the top charts for like 17 weeks or something stupid like that. But fun fact, so Al Green did that song and he had taken a hiatus from music and became Mm -hmm. a preacher. And because this song Al Green. Yeah, because this song wasn't in the eyes of the church, like a church type song. Like he was ousted by the church because of this song. Wow. Wow.
0: that's oh, really shit.
3: <laughs> Also also Bill Murray could
1: address the audience during the credits. Yeah. You know?
0: Feed yeah. Missy all feed. Oh, me. we can
1: go ahead and break the fourth yeah. wall, right?
0: Yeah. Just to yeah. go ahead and break it and make a reference to another dated property in the little shop of horrors. Yeah. Like that he had to love, it. In, uh, gotta love that movie. It. Love it. Oh, the movie's great. fantastic. Fantastic movie, fantastic musical, oh. but Oh, um, man, that apologize. should be the first musical we cover. That would be a good one. Add it to the a, list. I'm Lord a thousand, of the I am a we thousand a on board
3: for that song man. and dance.
0: But th- the very idea, though, that the, the two most pinnacle parts of the end of that movie have nothing to do with Christmas. That um, because there's a song by Al Green, right? And Annie Lennox, who has no feelings. Right. So you have that. Like, have you ever looked at a picture of Annie Lennox? <laughs> do you remember when she won the Oscar for Lord of the Rings? Uh,
1: Are you really going to ask me that, Noah? Yeah,
0: I know you do, Dave, right? You you, you, you close your eyes as you go uh, into the ring sword right here.
1: I know. (laughs) I'm staring at staying through most of this production here, everybody. You guys, for for those of you not able to see this, Jeff has uh, uh, Frodo and bilbo's sword Sting, right over there. his shoulder there hanging on the wall listen you
0: need to know the nerd level of our already listeners if you just said he has <laughs> sting on the wall they're either gonna think that you mean not the same <laughs> on the wall It's just, just chained Steve up Gordon. like the fucking the sword. mortal combat
1: yeah. it's it's <laughs> literally sting's head like a fucking mounted deer that chef has just hmm. in his basement it's like, oh,
0: that's what they meant by desert rain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but if you but remember when, uh, and this is going to be a weird
0: sidebar, but I love doing that in looping back room. So we all remember when Mel Gibson went off the fucking deep end and got all racist. Unfortunately. Right. right? yeah I could uh, Another lethal weapon. cute sexy saxophone music. Right. But yeah. the, 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 the idea that, uh, and then like you saw the pictures of him and he just looked like nothing was there. The lights were on. Nobody was, no, the eyes were blank and everyone was very surprised. But I said, no. I've seen that look before. Because that's how Annie Lennox has looked in every fucking photo ever. <laughs> she looks like the villain from Lethal Weapon 2. And she stares blankly at you like, like, like she's not listening to anything you say. And she's not even waiting for her to speak her turn to speak. She's looking at what color your aura is. Like that's how fucking loony she is. So the fact I, that she ends this movie with a little Sharp of Horrors reference, it's kind of on point for this film, I think a lot of ways.
1: There there was always a part of me, Noah, when I was growing up, that thought Annie Lennox and Bridget Nielsen and Rocky IV were the same person. The same person. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just never thought of all the things about Rocky IV that I watch and adore in love, and I can't wait until we do Rocky IV. Uh, the one thing I don't get it's the, the bad boys two
1: of, of Rocky movies.
0: No, it no, isn't.
2: It's the well, bad Rocky boys 4? one. <laughs> you bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, it's 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 that would be fantastic. Movie, it's everything. But I never got how suddenly Brigitte Nielsen was the sex symbol. I didn't get it as a kid. I don't get it as I didn't get it as a teenager. I don't get it now when my kinks have been so finely weirdly exploited by the internet that really you can <laughs> do what you gotta do to anything. Right. Still, at this point, I just never got how how
3: like she would ate Fucking cut play. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> so, anyways, Scrooged. Yeah. So sure it was a uh, it was considered a commercial box office success. You know, it opened Thanksgiving weekend of '88. It was the number one movie that weekend. The second weekend, it fell off. It lost out to Land Before Time and Oliver and Company, both are better movies than Scrooged. Um, yeah, right. and they are. But, but all in all, <laughs> the movie made a hundred million dollars international. Thirty million budget—that's a pretty good return. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely made its money back plus uh, marketing budget and then
1: some. So, yeah,
3: yeah and that's not, that's not bad know, for a Christmas movie. Yeah, and it—it it, like I said earlier, it falls on the within the top ten list of many christmas movie lists top of all time um hate it or love it it has a place we're still talking about it 30 years later so uh it did something right good bad or indifferent yeah
1: you know interestingly enough here uh going off what jeff's saying there rotten tomatoes has it listed at a 69 nice Uh, nice. uh, audience score (laughs) has it as 71 so i believe that's uh certified fresh right gentlemen uh, I typically go off of like Metacritic. I um, yeah. I don't really know either. Uh, I typically <laughs> go off Metacritic where, where they kind of gauge the, the critic reviews of the film. Uh, it got its ass handed to it. I mean, Metacritic it's like at a 35 out of a hundred, you know, they, they was, it was not really a critically reviewed, you know, well reviewed movie in that case. So, you know, two questions I have for you guys as we're kind of talking about it is that, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how do you feel? I mean, we know Noah, this is one of his favorite Christmas movies of all time and everything. Guilty. Um, how do you guys feel, you know, Jeff and, and Noah and uh, and Herb, how do you guys feel about the movie? And, you know, 30 years later, you know, plus, how do you feel it holds up?
3: I think I'm still like, like I mentioned, I didn't really like it as a kid. I didn't hate it when I watched it uh, earlier this week as an adult. So mm-hmm. it's, tolerable it's not great but i'd watch it again i think it holds up well you know i think the production quality was was good um you know bill murray it's not my favorite role of his but uh there's shining moments here and there but you know he's a pretty run and gun type comedic actor and i think you could see that almost forced on us (laughs) <laughs> in this movie in particular yeah. uh to the point I, where it right. was a little uncomfortable in a lot of places but uh it was okay not not in my top 5 by any means of christmas movies but uh I'd watch it again I guess Jones Brock, how about
2: well, you I will I will say that ahead of this viewing and ahead of this episode I was you know of the thought of oh Scrooge is it's a great christmas film and I go to my way to watch it if it's on if you know if I know it's on I don't own it but I would absolutely watch it um, now having watched it and discussed it and really watched it watched it uh, I don't really en- didn't enjoy it as much as I remember enjoying it uh, which is unfortunate because it's a fun film it's not a bad movie I, let me just preface that it's not bad it's there's nothing wrong with it but for me you know there's too many things with the story arc inconsistent and rushed, or it doesn't feel satisfying to watch this character go from point A to point B, uh, unfortunately. And I don't know if I'm gonna go out of my way to watch that movie ever again. I've, if it's on TV, yeah, I'll probably watch it, but it's just not as awesome as I remember it. Um, Bill Murray does a fine job. Everybody does a great job, actually every single person on the cast did a fine job it's just the script wasn't there it's too much and maybe it was too much ad living. i feel like it's probably a factor it just wasn't there for me uh as an adult you know and then trying to enjoy it as like an actual real story there are the moments that had to have weight had no weight because the story just wasn't there unfortunately so um yeah
1: yeah you know you know jones you you say something interesting here no i got a question for you i'd like to ask real quick um you know people that the movies where where we really feel bill murray is a comedic genius i think is often movies in which he's cast with people that know how to riff off of bill murray when he goes full bill murray Mm -hmm. you know in this movie i don't think that you have that supporting cast that were really able to react in a way that would, you know, enhance what he would do or be able to go along with it, you know, that it almost felt like, you know, maybe in terms of the overall story, it gets lost because he would go Bill Murray and and do what he kind of wants. But like when you see movies like Ghostbusters where I think 80% of the script was ad-libbed, you know, you look at movies yeah. like Groundhog Day where he's mostly by himself in Groundhog Day so he can do what he wants. Uh, or movies like Kingpin where he can just basically riff and do whatever he wants you know in a movie where he's got a supporting cast that really needs support that don't have the improv chops that he does you know it maybe loses some of uh, some of the effectiveness that that script might have been because again I've never really read the script so I don't know how good that script could have been if everybody was playing the script but he wasn't you know
3: Yeah, Yeah, I think the writer said that they hated the final product and I think only about 40 percent of the actual script is in there yeah well that's wild yeah yeah.
0: Well, yeah i agree with you on that i think i think the most iconic bill murray roles are where he has a peer in the movie either supporting his comedy or being the straight man to his looseness on a yeah. regular basis i think one of the, i mean i love to cover it one day i think one of the most masterful comedy movies he was ever in was what about bob
3: that's is one. Of, that's sure. my favorite. Bill Murray. Yeah, movie. because yeah. Richard yeah. Dreyfuss is just, just
0: absolutely is a master at playing the, the antithesis to him. You know, and there isn't anyone in that movie. And I think my lasting note on this movie is so I also tried as hard as I could to subjectively remove my my personal feelings in this movie and watch it as a film uh, as much as <laughs> and I succeeded as much as I did with the Christmas Story, which was not very much, but uh, but I can recognize that this is it's it's a tough story to tell in the way they try to tell it and i think it fell flat in a lot of ways i think it was only saved by the fact and i think what this movie banks on is the fact that it's it's hoping that the movie banks on you liking bill murray before you ever start and hit play on the movie and it wants you to wait until the bill murray that you normally pay to see shows up in the last 10 minutes of the film that's what it waits gives you little glimpses of it all the way through but that's the whole sell I mean the whole marketing material of the movie was based around Ghostbusters yep. which was four years before this yeah you know uh but it's, it's like hey remember Bill Murray remember how much <laughs> Murray? Remember Bill Murray? <laughs> oh, yeah. wait it's one like, hour and 41 <laughs> minutes to see him and screw yeah just coming out on Thanksgiving
3: yeah like remember when he went up against ghosts last time well now he's going up against ghosts again
1: that's oh, the ghost like, uh, fast yeah okay yeah now, for it, sure does the spirit of the holiday season, does the spirit of Christmas really come through in this movie? No.
0: Excuse I don't me, think sorry. so
1: at all.
2: No. no. No.
0: I think it does, but I only think it does in one you're scene.
2: Th- you're thinking with the wrong head. No. No,
0: no. it has nothing to do with Caravan. <laughs>
2: <Allen.
0: laughs> <to> <laughs> <laughs> whoever, said, the box whoever said the box comes once a year whoever said Make that Christmas only the comes box. once a year um doesn't watch a lot of Karen Allen movies like I do because it's <laughs> it comes two or three times depending on how much Gatorade you've had that day oh yeah. <laughs> no I would only say it does in one scene and that is uh when Carol Kane shows up and takes us through the ghost of Christmas present because to me that movie apps because she's the only other heavy comedic hitter in that movie and she steals the movie from bill fucking murray in late 1980s and while you're going through the current christmas and seeing everyone doing in their circumstances that's the only time it actually feels like a christmas carol to me and therefore cues up the christmas spirit but otherwise largely is a christmas does it feel the christmas spirit i would say no but we have yet to watch a movie in a christmas series that does so uh, we're not
3: really going to in our Christmas yeah. series this oh, year. Oh, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like the inception of Christmas Carol. It's a Christmas Carol about making a Christmas Carol, but it doesn't really feel like Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's very meta that way that
3: they were making a Christmas
1: Carol while telling the Christmas Carol story. Yeah, that the that thing, clever. the production they're making was almost like a satire on the film itself. Right, we're going to make mm-hmm. a Christmas Carol, but we're going to go ahead and have children in, in africa and we're gonna have a whole dance number of you know women mary lou Retton. mary lou Retton's gonna just be in it because she's a, she's america's darling and she's gonna go ahead and play
3: tiny tim um and jamie Farr, <laughs> who has mm-hmm. zero speaking part he's just in the background <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's from my hometown of toledo ohio shout out to jamie Farr. Shout
0: out. toledo represent uh, Jeff, since I'll you
2: are, from,
1: I mean, you guys are all basically like family over there. So, can you
3: get him on the podcast? I don't think he's doing anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth uh, worth reaching out. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, you get well, Puerto Rico, I, I'll get Jamie Farr. I'm not getting Karen Allen. Not after this fucking podcast. <laughs> that's for damn sure.
0: Let's <laughs> anything out, man. That's Probably that's not not. Not anything out. <laughs> Listen, I need a reason to, <laughs> to keep going. Uh, you know, so we'll so we'll see how that goes. But I uh, speaking of wanting to make uh, random people feel the Christmas spirit. How you doing, Karen? Um, I hope we'll feel the Christmas spirit next week because we're going to end this series with the great debate. I fucking. Love the internet because of the weird pornography and comedy shit we get all the time, and the access to strange pro wrestling, but mostly the pornography. Some,
1: sometimes, sometimes all three. All three at the same time.
0: Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Thank you, thank you so much. I was gonna drop some titles or something, but I'm gonna let, let I'm gonna let Gibby post that in the comments. But <laughs> but I fucking hate the internet because they seem to have this grand idea that this age old debate is whether or not fucking Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Let's fucking solve this shit right away so that for the rest of our lives whenever someone decides to be all fucking weird about it and ask that question like we haven't gone through the whole effort of curing cancer and solving this we can just send them this link because next week folks we're going to answer the question is Die Hard truly a Christmas movie.
3: Gentlemen are you excited about this? I am pumped about this. There's so much online debate about that very question, and we all—the four of us—know the answer. The answer I mean, is absolutely. Whoa whoa, 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 whoa! First of all, don't don't you speak for me, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: uh, I am just gonna. I've said it every time we've mentioned this show or this episode, uh, but I've not watched Die Hard, in probably two decades easy. I'm not. I, I remember almost nothing about this film, so I didn't know for a long time that this was a thing <laughs> mm-hmm. until just a few years ago, honestly, until really just a few years ago, people were it really, becoming really popular to talk about it, to be honest. Um, and honestly, like I'm in a really unique position because, you know, the three of you guys are like, Oh yeah, it's a Christmas movie. And I'm like, is though? because I don't remember thinking <laughs> like, like, I don't a kid remember. At all.
3: Yeah. Like, like I don't even fuck, remember if I could do watching that? it.
2: That movie fucking came out in the summertime, I'm pretty fucking sure. And number two, I I don't think I came away from it in the few times that I did watch it growing up, going, that's a hell of a Christmas movie. No, that didn't happen, no. so I'm going to watch it. <laughs> you, you know. I'm going to watch this movie with in the mindset of, this is what people think it is, but I'm not going to approach it that way. I think that's important that I don't watch it thinking that it's a Christmas movie, because I, I need to, like... Because people went to the theaters not with the thought of it's a Christmas movie, right? They didn't do that. Yeah,
3: you know, you don't want that an action film. You don't want the external influence of yeah. going into it with that mindset. You want to be open minded to make so, your own yeah, assumptions. Gonna,
2: so, yeah, so I'm going to approach it a couple of days it, with that in mind that it's just this action film, and if I come away with it going, that's a hell of a Christmas movie, and that's how my opinion is going to be. But I'm not. I don't like the idea of people just saying it is just because it's cool to say that it is and they're just
1: full of shit. And, and I, and, and Jones, I can't agree with you more about that. And 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 guys, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very, very, um, I'm very excited about this. I'm very, very excited about this. You know, we always talk about how, you know, when we're talking about certain things, we have certain subjects here, you know, we're talking about hybrid theory, we're gonna give the album a, a really solid listen through and kind of critically think about it in ways maybe we didn't before. Yeah take the fan out of it and and, and and analyze it and you know for the movies we've talked about and the things that I've been privileged to be on this show to share with everybody I have done some work right yeah um I will say this there are certain movies in life where I will be like yeah you know I did some work so I could talk about this critically and provide some maybe some thoughts that maybe I didn't think about And there are some movies where I'm going to pull my dick out and be like, I've actually really fucking done my homework on this. I've written papers in my, in college about die hard and this subject, and I don't want to give anything away about it. Um, but there are certain films that, that I hope we will talk about. Uh, one of them also Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, I I can't wait to cover that. Um, you know, that I feel so fucking passionately about a topic as they do about Die Hard and Christmas. Uh, so I cannot... Fi- I went to six from midnight as soon as Noah brought this up again. I'm just fucking ready to go now about this. I'm, I'm very excited about
0: it. Uh, I respect both of you for your approaches to this movie, Dog. I mean, I I would expect... Nothing less than a studious approach to anything worth talking about for four and a half five hours, which could it, it could happen, and, and <laughs> yeah, spending this any might be folks. Uh. Yes, and and Dave, I know how you feel about this movie and this subject, so I, I expect you to at least read excerpts from your dissertation <laughs> on that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But I'm gonna be real with you here for a second, guys. No, I haven't seen the original Die Hard in its entirety in nay a decade either. Um, I tried to find it, but I, I took it upstairs. Um, I broke out not only my three Die Hard VHS Letterbox Special Edition release, but a VHS player so I could watch this movie in its original oh. sweet the it was format. Meant to, the way it was meant to be The seen. way it was meant to be seen. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys in advance right now, I'm not going to take notes on this movie or do research as if it was oh. every other movie review. Because this movie is this t- episode coming up episode 26 of nothing good is not called die hard it's okay. not called die hard the way it was called mortal combat or children of men the episode is is die hard a christmas movie so i will wipe my brain clean and i will watch this film asking the very basic question is this a fucking christmas movie <laughs> 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 and so i will yes. have i will have whatever notes that need to be taken on that and maybe i'll come up with a weird strange scoring system or a rating system similar to how we do i don't know i'll fucking play it by ear see how funny i'm feeling at that time but i'm not coming at this to review die hard we all fucking know die hard is an yes. amazing film okay no
1: noah bust out the trivial pursuit uh, pies <laughs> and then for every point that works, you just go ahead and put a piece in there. And we're in. just going to go back to 2005 and fucking roll our sleeves up and go to war. And just go to war over this. Brown so. like your last
0: name. Finish the job that we started before <laughs> episode three came out. Yeah. And we were almost no longer Frank. Yeah. But it was but like that, Karen Allen and Frank,
3: we just stopped talking for 15 years. <laughs> it was a fucking trilogy pursuit. And oddly enough, when I ran into
1: Noah again, he kissed me right on the mouth at a homeless shelter. I'm
0: just really pissed that I just, I could have, I could have gone to a homeless shelter in New York in the 80s and get going to have had my shot, but
1: I, apparently, apparently next time you'll get them next time. I'll get them next. That's time. An intru- that'd be an interesting, uh, sell to Ron and Jackie on that one there. Noah. Listen, <laughs> listen, I've got this intuition that I need to go to New York right now. <laughs> in particular, this shelter a homeless shelter uh as a six-year-old just trust me on this mom and dad well, buy the I bus guess. Buy the bus ticket let me go <laughs>
0: let me go i'll come back a
1: man <laughs>
0: uh well i guess we need to modify on the social media the schedule because after die hard if it's a christmas movie we're not doing movie soundtracks anymore we're going to talk no. about the matrix
2: yeah, yeah, we we talked about this before the show, uh, and I think it'd be cool to talk about the, the movie. The was a Matrix Resurrection. I guess what it's called. Comes out know. this month. Yes. Uh, so, I'm I'm. It's on HBO at Max, thankfully, so that way I can watch it. Yep. So I don't have to go to the yep. theater. So Same. deal with the masses, the un- the unwashed masses. But um, I'm excited to check that out because I think the first Matrix movie is a lot of fun. Uh, the other two, eh, they're OK. Great. Action we're not going taking- to talk about that. No, we're, we're not just going to talk to- about the original and the effect it had on action films and science fiction movies Through this and day, all that fun stuff. Yeah, to really to the era yeah. right, to this day. So that'll be a fun episode. I think the rest of bullshit about for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about Die Hard. I'm really interested. Just gives me a reason to watch a movie I watched in a long time, so. You know what we should
0: do? I'm going to say it on air so that everyone can kind of get a, a thing inside. Our ah, baseball. Sh- yeah. Right. <laughs> we should, we should still record if we can sometime in the next coming weeks, favorite movie soundtracks. Uh, and then I'll put it in a can. So in the event that I don't know, something happens that we can't record on time, which almost happened like two or three times in a row. <laughs> <Yeah. that> I, <laughs> instead of releasing a half-assed best of compilation, which is what I'd have to do in place, we could drop movie soundtracks is like in in case of emergency break this fucking glass there and drop that episode
3: smart
1: so we'll uh noah in advance of our episode on die hard mm-hmm. can we put a uh can we put a poll out there for our followers on twitter uh about what their thoughts are is Absolutely. die hard a christmas movie and let's see what maybe the uh what the audience
3: likes see to see what think. the masses think
1: I think that's a great idea. I think here's what I
0: specifically think we should do is not only do that on our social media for our show, but let's do it as on as much of our own personal social media. And whatever we agree as a group, if it is or isn't, uh, I would like to read the names of everybody who is wrong. Like like a war memorial. Have it
3: Scroll down in memoriam in memoriam. Yes.
0: These following assholes
2: starting alphabetically. I have a question uh, to all three of you guys, actually. yeah, This is going to be so fun uh, (laughs) because I have no preconceived notions about this. This is going to be interesting. Uh, You brought up an interesting point. Your opinion, at least, is that, you know, the people who differ with your opinion, they're wrong. Are you watching this movie in the way that you should, the way that you say you will? Are you prepared to question yourself? Are you prepared to go, well, I can kind of see why someone doesn't think that, actually. I can this mm-hmm. is why. Do you know who the fuck you're talking to? You don't think I question myself every day. <laughs> I just talked about
0: cut play and stabbing puppies to have sex with Karen Allen, no matter how old she is, even as a five-year-old boy. And you think I don't question myself and who I am and what I do. You think you think you didn't say hard yes, is- no? Yeah, I'm gonna question I'm gonna try to do this as honestly and subjective. And if I watch this movie and determine that it's not a Christmas movie, I'll fucking say it okay but i'm going to do it fairly and honestly and here's the thing too i want you to be prepared that if you're wrong that you i don't want you to sit there i don't need you to say the words that i don't think you've ever said in your life doc which is that i'm wrong i don't think you need to say that i want you to i want you to look dead into your camera pull your microphone close to your mouth and i want you to finally tell the internet that you will fuck the sega channel raw dog multiple times, finish inside, and then never call it back again. That's what I want. Are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared well, to do that for the diehard channel? For the
1: well, episode, okay. I mean, if you're ever gonna die, <laughs> dying hard is the way to go.
0: That's the way to
2: do it it's really hard. Uh, well, unfortunately, since I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other yet. Uh, I can't be right or wrong on that. So uh, oh you find a way we, out of it that all. is a safe <laughs> fucking answer yeah it is, well, is well played. if, well I, if played. I disagree with you guys if i disagree with you guys and go i don't think it's a christmas movie fuck you i don't think that doesn't make me wrong at all that makes we disagree on that <laughs> uh so we'll see i don't know how i feel about it on the onset no it nothing about the movie screams to me as a christmas movie but i haven't seen it in a long time with the context that people seem to think that it's a christmas movie so
0: i just i just want to know why you won't talk about (laughs) having sexual relations with the sega channel (laughs) or goro's back tits or karen allen like if you had a chance
3: karen allen didn't didn't come up i was waiting i was waiting for you to see how how he was going to give it to her all right i
0: mean here's here let me just tell you real flat out that if you i just want you to admit that if you were in my shoes and the opportunity presented itself you would rip that finger that dead frozen Herman was holding the watch with and you would fill as many possible holes as you possibly could
2: <laughs> I want you to say it right now I'll tell you what I'll, I'll tell you what I'll say how about this uh as a little boy I did not find Karen Allen particularly attractive and as a grown ass man I don't she's very average so I don't know what you want me to tell you <laughs> I didn't think she was all that in Indiana Jones. I mean she's not an ugly woman. She's she's attractive, but I'm not like, oh my karen She looks like, somebody, she looks like my third grade teacher. I mean, did you want to fuck your third <laughs> grade third.
4: teacher?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what no.
0: If, what if No? Well that's on you. And honestly, I think it might be on like your third grade teacher. if I thought you said, here, I'll tell you this, and I thought you were gonna compromise by saying that I compromise. use one of Dead Herman's frozen fingers. Or that you use that watch. watch. Yeah. Yes. See, you got it right. Use it, you know, so big hand, little hand, wherever you could put the hands. I thought you were going to do that. One of these days, I swear to God, if it's the last fucking thing <laughs> I do, I'm going to get you uh-huh. to volatile, to voluntarily describe in great detail you having sex with a fictional person or hypothetical country. Okay? You're asking not to do either. You're asking, to, do, you're asking about, to hypothetically
1: yeah. have sex with a fucking... A uh, virtual video game system. Yeah. <laughs> now what? See would, right. What if what if the Sega Channel was wearing a John McClane like tank top? Like, would you? Would that do anything for you? Like a little bit ripped up, had saw some action. You know.
2: I'm not 100 percent sure how that would make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all have our like, kinks. For you, it would. We I don't all know. have our
1: kinks, Jones. You know, mine is Goro's back tits. You know, we all have. We, we, all have establish things that get us, we all have the things <laughs> that get us going, right? Listen,
0: I'm, I'm going to leave this thought on this, that uh-huh. one of these days for like your, your like 45th birthday, you're going to receive a gift from me and inside. It's just going to be a plane ticket and, and then a GPS coordinate system. And You're going to get off the plane <laughs> and you're going to follow the GPS coordinate <laughs> system. Bear with me. and And you're going to follow it to the edge of a mountain. And to the side of a mountain broadside, steep cliff. And you're going to notice as you get closer that there's a hole drilled into the side of this mountain. And next to it is a cell phone. And as you approach it, go, no, the phone's going to ring. And it's me telling you that I'm on the other side of that mountain with a similar hole. And we are going to fucking tag team this mountain, (laughs) we're going to roast it like a pig. (laughs) At the same time. <laughs> I'm going through a lot of work.
3: How big oh, is a the lot Are you guys thing? going dome to dome or what's happening there? I mean, uh, it's a
0: big mountain. I don't, I, you know, so i gonna say
1: <laughs> whatever it takes, there's, but you know, there's a group of rock
3: climbers that are really into this. <laughs> <laughs> so there has to be. I, could you there imagine you're like, they're just chalking them. the shit out of their hands? Man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh,
2: shit. Oh, man. On, on that note, <laughs> yeah,
0: we will see everybody next week. Thanks for joining us here today. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my god Uh, jones while
1: while noah's collecting himself why don't you tell him a little bit about our social media channels and how they can follow us
2: oh man well we can be found on uh, facebook uh, nothing good podcast uh we also are on twitter at nothing good pod um noah is literally dying in front of us um I, I just see some guy <laughs> in his computer he's
0: got the thing of chuck he's got the fucking heart on. <laughs> 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 um
3: this is what we've become we can be found
2: on all the podcast wherever you find podcasts uh obviously you're listening to us uh if you know what would be interested in listening to our shenanigans and our bullshit please tell them about us we welcome all all the good press none of the bad press none of that none of that stuff um but thank you guys for listening um uh, thank you on behalf of mr brown jeff and mac thank you very much uh we will see you next week for die is die hard a christmas movie and why is the answer yes or no <laughs> looking very forward to it nothing good